0: I click the link, I'm streaming. So it's going to be on my side also.
1: All
0: right. Let me get my camera on here. So I'm going to jump into a thing right here. See if he takes me in. He doesn't have to take me in. I'm cool with that also. But. This is how I roll.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what, she, and, and Sage asked me the question, Rob, if you have a load posted for a thousand, Hey, there's, there's the guy of the hey, hour.
0: <laughs> I am live. Just so you know, you're welcome to kick me out if you want, but I'm also streaming.
2: So oh, okay. You're, you're streaming me, streaming you fair use. Hey, that's double. It's like a, it's like Tim Horton's double, double.
0: Yeah. So here's the problem I have. And, and this was the point I was trying to get across, and and it, here's where the frustration lies. It Trucking seems to have a point of insanity, and the insanity is, is that the same thing is done over and over and over and over again, and there's no changes, and you, everybody expects there to be a change, okay? So um, in regards to trucking, there is a shift with this new Supreme Court stuff that has happened and broker stuff. I see a shift coming in regards to what brokers can and can't do, what they're legally allowed to do, um, that they cannot t- take possession of the freight. I posted it on my community page. They There is now nuclear verdicts on the side of the brokerages, not just the side of the trucker, but the side of the brokerages. So when it comes to putting like I I listened before I jumped on there, when it comes to a fuel surcharge so that to protect carriers, well, it's not based on it's based on supply and demand. There's not a lot of freight in Florida, so there's not good rates in Florida. So we can't just tweak supply and demand and break the laws of economy of, of economics to basically say, hey, since you're a bad business person. We're going to go ahead and completely change the laws of economics uh, to help you do better. Okay. That's not going to happen. So, what I would like to see, and people are going to get pissed off, but welcome to business. And I just did an interview with somebody. She's an economic. I cut a clip and I want everyone to watch that three minute clip. Okay. But understand that you are in business, you're entering business. No one here is your friend. Okay. Uh, Customers, They're not my friends. They're business. There's no personal. It's business. I mean, none of us are ending up with any type of animal heads in our beds. But hey, Godfather, it's not personal. It's business. But understand that when the carriers that I now work with or I'm going to be working with and I've worked with in a long period of time, they're not panhandlers. They're not. They don't call me up and say, hey, can I get more? Can I get more? Can I get more? I say, here's my load. Here's where it's going. Call me back. They then call me back. They know their numbers. This is why I deal with as much professional business people as possible, because it's not my job to give you your numbers. They give me their, they, t- they know their numbers. They check the lanes. They know their profit margin. They know how much they want to make. Do they want a 50% markup? Do they want a 100% markup? What profit margin do they want? Then they call me back and they say, here's my number. Like, hauling cash hauled a load for me. I got a load going from here to here to here. He's like, I'll call you right back. I'm like, all right. He called me back. He gave me a number. He, it, the, the point of it in, in regards to what I'm seeing more and more problems is when I drove truck, that's how I handled my business. I knew my numbers. If you don't know your numbers, get out of trucking. You're hurting everybody else and you're wasting your time. And if you want me to tiptoe around this, I'm not tiptoeing anymore. I'm not tiptoeing anymore. Because when I go to a shipper, do you think a shipper doesn't care about which truck I'm using? They don't care how much my mortgage is. They want their numbers. Give me how much this is going to cost. I hire you to give me that. So when the dean did that video and he says, hey, we need this and we need that, it's like, what is your profit margin? What are your numbers? What you, what business goes out and just says, "Hey, how much do you have in that? I want more. I want more. I'm stop panhandling. Stop panhandling. Know your numbers and give a quote for the. And if you get picked, you're picked. Because does does that not happen on our end, Rob?
2: Well, it does. I'll I'll okay. go back to the man, but I was going to say the one problem Sage, is that we have a marketplace that Mm -hmm. now has instituted and become a norm with click and goes whereby carriers often do not have the opportunity to negotiate on that board. It's you accept that if they put a rate for $700, if you like it, you take it. If you don't, sometimes they will put the button that says bid. So you can put a number in there, but more often than not, you can't. So that concept. And when a Often, even if you know your number, mm-hmm. often carriers can call a broker and they're saying we're only paying you want fifteen hundred dollars, the broker says we're only paying a thousand. Well, can you do eleven? No, e- we're only paying a thousand dollars. that's gotta stop.
0: That's gonna stop. I'm telling you well, right now yeah, exactly. with but these nuclear verdicts, it's just like you were saying about me signing that piece of paper in regards to tarping. I cannot make a financial decision for a shipper without them
2: okaying it. Do you agree? Uh, to a degree, okay. Yes. So, and but, I, my, uh, let me caveat. Let me caveat, okay. though. Let me. That's that was one of the key points. I think that where we got lost. You're in a specialized niche market. Even when I wasn't, with, until, but go ahead. No, no, but hang on. Let me okay. explain. Let me explain, please. You deal with your carriers. Like, if some carrier called you up and says, "Sage, I got. I run drive vans from Chicago to California." Are you going to entertain even how much time are you going to spend on a call with a guy like that? I don't work with dry I've, vans. I, uh, uh, so, exactly. Correct. So my point is this. I'm trying to get, let me get to my point. Mm-hmm. When a carrier calls you up and says, I run dry vans from Chicago to California or whatever. Okay. If it's dry van freight, you're just going to say, Hey buddy, I appreciate good job. Hey, uh, you know, great stuff. But unfortunately sure. I'm a heavy haul broker. That's all I do. Or open That's deck. All. I do legal open deck, but I don't do right. van. Right. Okay. But you just say, thanks for your time. Unfortunately, I'm not the broker for you go you know know, there's lots of other people so Mm -hmm. where i'm going with this unlike yourself a lot of my day when you work under a broker Mm -hmm. with 50 60 agents Mm -hmm. i post loads yep i do i'm not saying remember you and i've discussed i don't post all my loads right but i do post loads and if i get calls i make an honest honest hard effort Mm -hmm. i call all those if i don't when i if i cover the load i call the other people back and I might explain to them, because sometimes I may have someone comes in, they're willing to do it for the price I have, or we agree to a price. I look, they're not in my system yet.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I get another carrier that's in my system where I can quickly dispatch them. I've worked with them before. So sometimes I will use that because of that relationship mm-hmm. and I'll give it to that carrier. I'll call the other one back saying, Hey, you know what? This was kind of a, a thing that, you know, you weren't set up yet. I would have given you the load. It looks like you have a good track record, but you're just not in our system. Mm-hmm. What well, can we get set up? So I do that because guess what? I do that for the reason that if I work with, if a carrier calls me and they're not set up, I figure this way next time they call me or they call any other agent within our network, they're now set up. So we're setting up a carrier without any loads assigned to them. And I remember, and that carrier, I have all kinds of carriers that have all kinds of different pricing. So yes, we have different carriers with different pricing that I have some that will charge me $75, $100 for a full tarp, I got some that charged me $200. I got some carriers that charged me $50 detention fees. I got some carriers that charged me $185 okay. a fee. So what I do when I get a call from a customer, whether it's saying, Rob, we need a load covered now, like in the next two hours, mm-hmm. or if it's a future quote for two weeks from now because they're sure. bidding on a project, I look at the lane that they're servicing, that's where they want the freight to go. Sometimes I have a... The, and In fact, when I was on the call with you in Sandman, I was booking a load. Why? Because I booked it with a regular carrier. I paid them. I paid them a a price plus twenty. I pay them a a fee plus a twenty percent fuel surcharge on that lane, and I charge the twenty percent fuel surcharge to my customer. So the point is, I have carriers with all kinds of different scenarios, and we have notes in our system that say, "Hey, when you work with this carrier, I have one particular carrier in mind. I'm thinking of where it says always, always specify." Uh, confirm the detention charge rate and all and any agreements on that because this carrier is notorious were they'll just send an invoice and add detention charges without calling the broker. So the point is yes, we will do this because we have such a vast network. When you work with a vast network, you're always adding carriers because that's the when you're a new broker, Correct. that's your catch. No, I, I
0: understand but what the problem is is that okay, so the carrier comes to you and says we charge two hundred dollars for t- for TARP. That's right. You will sign that. Yes. Okay. Because I'll tell now, you why. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I want to make sure because before we, again, now the next carrier comes to you and says, I charge $500 for TARP. You will sign that?
2: Not always. Sometimes no. Why, why say, not? Why, hang wait, on. Why not? What though? we'll do is we'll say that that seems higher than the market average. Sometimes they'll say, well, that's our price. Well, so wait forth, a minute. So,
0: so now you are setting the market average. You are now setting the market average for nope. carriers. No. Why wouldn't you? Wait a minute. So you would see, here's my problem. Shippers, but shippers are doing that. Shippers can do that. It's their money. It's their freight. So my shippers, but um, no, 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 this, this is the point. This Back is the point. Your, your first
2: point. But this was Back the point. point.
0: This was the point I was trying to tell you. You cannot take possession of the freight in this country. You can't do it. It checked my community board. It's it yep, is it. it is law. But, it is it is base. It's in there under uh court, went to the supreme court. You cannot set the price. For the tarping of the freight in which you don't pay, take possession of, so my point was, I have to at that point say, "Hey, shipper, this carrier wants to charge five hundred dollars for tarping. What do you want me to do?" And if they say, "Oh, we're not paying five hundred dollars for tarping," we're you know we we have a set we've we've consistently paid two fifty. I'm going to have to say, "Go back to that carrier," because I'm a middleman only. Go back to that carrier and say they've they've already uh, have a set precedence of two fifty. If you if that won't work for you, I'm going to have to let you go. On I can't have you do the load because I but can't overcharge let's, let's- on the lane to offset the price. I can't. The problem is, is customers will be like, "Hey, why are you charging me more money on this lane now?" Well, because I'm trying to offset the price for for tarp, but you won't pay the tarp. I can't. But let's say do let's that. say you had
2: three carriers drop on that load. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not my okay, decision. No, but it's when you customer. went back to the customer and they said, yeah. Sage, do you have a truck? Yeah, I got a, a guy assigned. Yes. And then you email in the morning saying, oh, man, that carrier dropped on me. I'm okay. working on another. You email them, I got another truck. Yes. And so forth. Now it's on to your third, fourth. They. Yes. And meanwhile, as you and I both know, yeah. when you email a shipper that, hey, my carrier, my driver, the carrier called that their driver's sick or whatever the case is, or they're detained at another shipper, they're not going to make it on time. Are they so, dropping for the tarp charges or are they just dropping? No, let's just say that you had the load book. Doesn't matter about okay. the forget the, the tarp. Okay, chart. I you, just went the word, Customer yeah. says you got a load that you need to go from point A to point B. You you gave them a rate. They agree, your customer agreed to the rate. You either found one of your carriers within your network, or you posted on the load board. Doesn't matter, but you found the carrier. You this carrier you signed. A, you have a signed confirmation. Everything else you booked it sure. on a Thursday. It's or Wednesday. Yes. All of a sudden, Thursday morning. You, you email the broker, the carrier, saying, "Hey, is your driver on track for that yep. eleven o'clock pickup?" Well, actually, no. He's still at the shipper. They're at a, this crane offload. Uh, it's a flatbed load, and he's still there. going to be. It looks like he's going to be there for three, four hours. Sure. He's not going to make it by eleven. And you're like, "Well, if you're not going to make it by eleven, my customer's not going to wait for you. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give. I have to take that load back from you. Okay. So, meanwhile, you email saying, "Hey, look, this is what's happened. The, the carrier assigned is, is that a crane on load that they're not going to make it by eleven. I am working to get a recovery truck. Sometimes customers will say, okay, no problem. And what they will do is if they have two or three brokers in their network, sometimes some shippers will just wait for you to fix it. Sometimes depending on the urgency of the load, they will rebroadcast that load to their other partners. Yes. And so they'll say, first come first serve who can find it. Meanwhile, the other brokers aren't finding a truck. You come up with another one. Mm -hmm. That one bounces on you. Now you're onto the third one. So now you email them saying, look, I got a, I got a third carrier here. That's, 50 miles away that can do it. Yeah. However, the one kicker with this carrier though, their, their tarp fee, you need this low tarp. They're charging. They want to, the, the other carriers were fine with your yes. 250 rate. No problem. This carrier is charging actually $400. Correct. And they say, well, we can't pay 400. Okay. And then sometimes, but however, they might just say, you know what, Eric, we've had three trucks bounce on this. My customer needs it by you know, this carrier can make the timelines. Correct. Uh, see if they can do three fifty, and you can book it. Correct. Now you go back and you get, so that's, I'm saying no, yes, my point you may is, have some is at that contract, point but there's always at, leeway. At,
0: at that point, I've done my job. My job is to not to make the decision and sign a contract for tarp charges. That's not my job. I I cannot sign a contract telling that the customer will pay 500 for tarping when they won't. That's not my job. Okay, by okay, me going, by, by I go, I have to go to the customer and say this is what this carrier wants. Do you agree to this? And if they say no, then I've done my job. Now it's on them. I've put the ball in their court. I found a truck. The truck wants this. Now it's their job to make that decision because it's their freight. I did not assume a supervisory role. I was the middleman.
2: That's, That's my all I'm job. Saying is that the point is, is, this. let me ask you this. When you have carriers sign on to you, yes. take a load, and they say they're a new carrier to you, and they say, okay, Eric, we'll do it for the rate—the rate that you're telling us. However, we normally don't do it th- for this, but we want to—we want to work with you. That doesn't so happen. Do it. That's not happening. If they're—if so you're saying, but where does the balance fit here? It's because our okay, rate. Let me just take. Because it's let their me take rate, not back. my rate. It's not my rate. It's their rate. But what we're saying is, we're—I think we're getting diluted in—in the, in the sense. Like, let me just take a step back. We talked about no. Florida what you're actually rate. doing is—what
0: you're actually doing is overstepping your bounds as a freight broker, to be completely honest. Because so it's not what, my so rate. What
2: can, but. Hang, hang on though, but that's what shippers want from us. Many shippers don't understand Doesn't this concept, but what shippers want, why do we as brokers go to shippers is because we're selling that instead of the shipper having to spend hours of their day calling and you know emailing 15 or 20 different carriers, maintaining the, the carrier's insurances, checking their safety ratings, that's checking their reliability and managing all these pieces. That's my they job. They can call you, they can call me or any other broker. They have one or two brokers in their back pocket that gives them... Ten thousand trucks or more, and they're bad. so that's why they rely sure. on the brokers to do all this work. Correct. So sometimes, it, it, like, I think the like problem said, is, some, is that I
0: think the problem is that you're not. This isn't. I, I, this isn't my rules. This is what you're. I understand actually the, But so I, that's why, to why I mentioned to you. I don't
2: know if you saw my comments after we got off the call. I think maybe you need to either you just do it or maybe. Through your connections, you have a way to reach someone that from the FMCSA, someone, or even from the it, TIA it's not that from can come, the come TIA. onto your show and 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 show and explain clearly. I've already done it. You, I've already posted case law. I've posted you got the case, case law, laws. but what I'm saying is take it to a, take it to the next level. Where I'm saying is that you take it to the next level mm-hmm. where you go on your show and do a specific show that clearly. Let's let's take walk it through slowly through the process. I'm a broker. I come on the marketplace. I don't you have call a shipper. to. I, it is specifically, it's written, it's up for interpretation. I understand that. But okay. what I'm saying is where the confusion comes in There's, is I think most people, most brokers mm-hmm. don't have the insight that you have or I have. And I'm trying to say is that what you're explaining yeah. is changing significantly what negotiation power a broker has in the marketplace.
0: In regards to nego- in negotiation, your job as a freight broker is to technically pre-qualify carriers and find adequate transportation uh, needs for your customer. It might not even be a truck. It could be the rail. You see what I'm saying? It's my job to say... Well, hang on now. So hang on now. That's Let me an LTL ask about rail. load.
2: Rail. Okay, I go to the rail. The rail gives me a price. Right. Okay. Now, let's say your customer... Let's say your customer... You signed a contract with your customer that pays detention at $40 an hour for all trucks. You signed a contract that... All the services you provide is forty dollars detention. Correct. But I know, and you both, we both know that Schneider Intermodal and I've got five other a lot more Intermodal. They charge a whole lot more. Correct. But now I go to my customer. Now I go to. Are
0: you eating that? No, I go to my customer and I explain. Look, this is not the contract that we signed was for. If you want that, the contract that we signed this this does not fall into the category. They want more for detention. You need to make a decision on if you're going to pay that or not. If you are, I need you to put it in uh, an email to me in writing
2: stating that you approve the additional
0: charge. I can't right. make
2: that decision. So back to your point, when you said mm-hmm. when I signed, if I have carriers that want to get paid more, let's say I put in my carrier, my broker agreement form to the carrier where we lay out our detention charges based on our customers. Mm-hmm. If they, I've had carriers that will say, well, look, we agree to your terms. However, there's a couple you know, the rates here, here, we want changed. And that goes through a process there. Then if we come to an agreement on that, what I'm saying is that if I, like I said, there's two scenarios. If a customer calls me today looking for a quote for live load, we need it loaded this afternoon. Sure. I'm going to quote them saying, yep, I got a truck. That's yep. going to do this. Just FYI, their detention, they give me two hours of this. one. I have some carriers that actually give one hour, but let's just say I have this carrier that's two hours load and unload time, but just be aware that their detention time is $150 an hour. Okay. Okay, that's for this truck. And if they agree to say, well, look, we got to get this moved. So go ahead, go ahead, Rob, move that truck. Now, the second the second scenario, if they call me saying, Rob, we're bidding on his job. It closes at four o'clock today. We need rates for 10 trucks, 10 flatbeds from in this lane, point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Okay, And it's going to go like you're picking up in a major city, say Chicago, but it's going to North Dakota down a trunk road where it's going to be crane offloaded. Okay, yes. so there's a little bit of off road and so forth and so forth. Because you know yep. as soon as you hear off road, that you know, I always explain to broker to shippers mm-hmm. when you're when you start out with freight, you say I got freight. So if you think of a funnel, you're starting at the top. As soon as you say I got freight, great, there's a thousands of carriers. Now you put one condition on it, all of a sudden that funnel Correct. gets lower. Correct. You put more conditions, the funnel the funnel of available trucks declines each time you have something. So now Correct. when I quote that customer on that job for those ten trucks, yeah. I think of the carriers that are qualified and suitable for it. I'll look at my network first. And if I see them and I say, hey, in the next month, are you guys going to have capacity in this lane? If they're saying, yeah, we will. And sometimes if they say, Rob, I know I work with you, but we're we're currently doing a project that we're going to be tied up. I won't have nothing for three months. Okay. okay. Now I have to change because I'm not going to quote based off of those carriers rates because I can't rely on them. I want reliability. So now if I'm having to, whatever I do to come up with a rate to the customer for this project say it's $2,000 a truck, I'm going to find out if the carrier say, well, it's $2,000, but I'm going to charge this. I have these extra conditions and I'm seeing that each carrier has some slight differences. Then what I do is I put on the quote, I said, Mm -hmm. here's the price and I put the conditions. I say, loading two hours for the unload, it's billed as soon as the truck hits the ground, it's billed by the hour and it ranges based on carriers, uh, the carrier booked between say 75 and 150 dollars an hour i will give the range and then i same thing with the tarp fee i say if there's tarping the range is the tarp mm-hmm. fee will be between 100 to 300 dollars, depending on the carrier mm-hmm. and, and then i put the caveat i will specify at the time of booking before the truck arrives what that cost is going to be so they know so if they said okay rob this 10 lo- this 10 20 load projects is a go and they say, what's the first truck? I say, great. I got truck number one booked mm-hmm. for picking up on Monday at 8 o'clock. That truck is the one that's going to give us two hours, two hours unload, and their wait time is $100 an hour. Their tarping fee is 250 Are you okay with that? Right. Yes. Now,
0: that's not Both. what you said. What you said is "You, you they already send the rate confirmation sheet. And with the rate confirmation sheet, then they send me their accessorial. charge. No, no,
2: no, no. I've never. No, 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 no. I can don't, play it sorry, back sorry. if you want. I, I didn't mean. I didn't mean it that. What I'm saying is that when I, I, if I came across that way, that was not the intent. I agree with you that if a carrier tries to pull that to me after the fact, they send my packet. They send the rate confirmation sheet, and then they send me a
0: accessorial charges with this. And I said, no, I'm not signing that. That's what you said. Now, hang on
2: though. If they give it to me before we've even booked loads. And they send me an accessory sheet. I'm going to look at it and say, well, let me look at this carrier. Mm-hmm. How much, how much do I need them? Cause I have some carriers. I have a carrier that there's only three carriers I can right. use in a certain locations. They have no choice, right? I have no choice, but to tell the customer, if you want me to service this lane, I need, I have to pay this much, right? That's the reality. And at right. first they might be hesitant, but then they realize, oh, Rob is right. Because all the other carriers are charging the same amount. They think it's outrageous, but it's because certain facilities I service have selected carriers that are allowed to go in. Not every carrier can go in there. Right,
0: but ultimately, so, if, ultimately if a shipper says we pay 150 for TARP, it is what it is, correct?
2: Uh, no, because I don't, I, I'll either, be honest, either, I have shippers that, that give me a sheet to sign like that, Yeah. and I'll tell you what, I have zero. I have yet to come across a ship. I have many shippers that lay out their own fuel surcharge programs. I have shippers that lay out Mm -hmm. charges they pay. Yeah, just like you said, so much. And guess what? I send those to my office. My office changes a bunch of stuff. I go back to the shipper. I've got five of those kind of deals. But if hanging in limbo. look, look. the summary is I haven't been able to work with those kind of shippers that lay out all those charges. All right,
0: so it is what it is. You don't work with them, but somebody does somebody does. Okay so it, it, when it comes down to it the shipper's going to set that price you don't have to work but, with
2: them but, but, but the isn't it as far, as, far as, as fair use like this whole deal about the broker mm-hmm. at the same token we can't dictate pricing but yet shouldn't a sh- like we always hear about so that's where the a fine line can lies here.
0: because it's their freight
2: Okay but what about a carrier a carrier when why a, is it then okay a carrier, a carrier a, can
0: if, because it's it's his it's his business also we are the right. the only two people that can dictate pricing are the people in possession of the freights. Well, let's say uh, let's say three technically, if you want to consider, let's say customer and carrier, because it could be shipper, receiver. Those are the people that can technically dictate those terms. They are in possession of the freight. I cannot, just like they said, I can't find a carrier for being late. I can't find a carrier for being late. It's not my freight. That's why your CH Robinson got in trouble he fought they tried to fine a carrier that was for for being late on something that was not theirs they took well, possession I have a shipper I do
2: have a shipper that charges reverse detention now they, they gave me a sheet of a letter where they say if the driver's after two hours we charge our time back because the drivers want to get paid so they want to they want reverse detention
0: that is a pass through from the from the shipper you are you can pass that through, but that is not you. That there are no. Oh, but can't let's do say it you, yourself. the broker,
2: says I'm. Yeah. A, you were late by three hours. Yeah, I'm going to give my my customer a credit of a hundred. No, you can't. You can't
0: give it. You can, but you can't deduct it from them. You can give the credit all you want, but you can't deduct it from the carrier. Because
2: what if the customer told you before you started, Sage or Rob, mm-hmm. these 10 load project. When the drivers are more than two hours late, it's a $100 deduction automatic. That is something that you would would have to. And if you put that on the load confirmation to the carrier, is that not legal? That is legal
0: because you now have that confirmation from the shipper. But you can't give a credit unless unless you can show a paper trail showing that that is a legitimate deduction from the shipper. You can't do that. You can't make this stuff up to go. It is no, not. I, I, I
2: agree with that. Okay. I agree with that.
0: And, but there are brokers that are doing that, that there's no paper trail. They are legitimately just saying, well, if you're, if you don't give me my bill of lading in 24 hours, I'm going to charge you uh, 25 bucks.
2: If you're going well, to give me. We, and we all know, and I bet you everyone on the chat here will know that, uh, there are warehouses out there that have signages. When mm-hmm. you are late, right? When you are late, for an appointment, mm-hmm. uh, they have they charge fees. The driver has so to be the so there's arrival. a so pa-
0: there's a paper trail from mm-hmm. from people that but that you can't make a paper trail when you're not in possession of the freight. Brokers are over. Uh, listen, drivers want to be pissing me all I want. What I'm telling you is there are freight brokers in this industry that are overstepping their bounds. And if something were to happen and you were in a wreck, they are now included in the multi million billion dollar lawsuit because they they right. are become a Um, an agent, I can't remember what the term is. It was on there, but they are becoming a participating
2: agent in the load. A bona fide agent in the load. Most brokers don't know that, that let's say you had a, like you and I both have an open, open deck load. Mm -hmm. You called and the dispatch gave you the driver's phone number and you called that driver and you said, you know, Hey John, how's it going? Yep. loaded up. I'm just pulling out of the yard and he's driving. On a Bluetooth headset, but you're on the phone with him, and he gets in an accident. Correct. That insurance company, if they saw the call records and they dived into it and f- mm-hmm. figured out that the phone that number that he was on was with the broker, that broker that said broker is possibly liable for the insurance for that insu- that insurance claim.
0: If you again, this is stuff that technically d- drivers need to know about this stuff, and this is where the frustration part li- lies. Is that It is not my job to take possession of the freight. It is not my job to tell you how much money you need to make. Now, there is. Hang on.
2: But but we do have this, though, Serge, because let's take this scenario. Well, hang on. uh, There are
0: analytics in the industry and there is a way where I can say, well, the analytics are saying this. But that's not me setting the price. That is me saying, well, customer, the analytics
2: state this. No, not necessarily, because I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. There's two two ways that wait, when the shipper asks for a rate, mm-hmm. two things happen. Mm-hmm. One, you either have to call three or four brokers and find out what brokers are charging for that lane. Or carriers, carriers are charging okay. for that lane. Yep. That's one. So you write down the name. And I will do that from time to time. Sure. Because what I do as in respect is if I call a carrier, hey, I'm working on this project or this quote, um, how much are you looking at right now? What's the current price? I haven't done it in a few months. Mm-hmm. And they know me. They'll give me the price. And guess what? When that load comes about, I call them first. I don't post it. I said, hey, Correct. remember last week I called you about it? And I, and I said, do you have an available truck? If they say, oh, sorry, Rob, we're booked. At least they know I gave them the full respect. I didn't post it on them or first, not.
0: Right to refuse. Secondly, yep.
2: there's enough brokers out there. There's a lot of new brokers. That's what they do. They, that's their bane of their business. They call people, get a rate, pass on the pricing to the customer. Correct. Now, on the flip side of that, you there's a lot of brokers that have good knowledge, where mm-hmm. you might have a lane that you just know, hey, Atlanta, Georgia to Houston, Texas for a flatbed. You know the price inside out. You don't have to call five carriers. You just know the price. If you know you can book a truck for $1,500 or $2,000 in a lane. How do you know that price?
0: Gonna... How do you know that price? Because you've used carriers before that have given you that price. That's called analytics. You didn't just, okay, but... you see what I'm saying? So you've, you through experience and knowledge and time, you've gained the ability to know in your head or on a piece of paper, you've been able to know the analytics of that lane. But we are point.
2: dictating the price because now when we go to the shipper, no, you're not dictating the rate, price. You're well it, when you give it when, okay. when the broker when the shipper receives four different rates from four different brokers, correct, and one is two thousand all the way up to five thousand dollars. Correct. What do a lot of shippers do in the world? They think, well, hey, we'll give it a shot. We'll try the two thousand we're not in a rush. Let's sure. go with the two thousand dollar guy. We'll give money and see what he does. Then what happens nine times out of ten? They call, they'll go to the next guy, and that they still can't get a truck. It's because those are the brokers. That are throwing darts on the in the dartboard. C- correct. Those, those are, the, are the brokers that are, that are compl- some number, random number. They look at something. They don't even look at the actual. They see they see a DAT fifteen day average, but they actually don't look at the lane. They don't look at any of the reality. So, they don't look at all those things. They don't they realize have an, they underbid.
0: They don't have enough time to properly do their job. To uh, properly learn their job, they have not had right. enough time to properly have the analytics and then and the, and the, and the knowledge to do their job. All right. They're making up numbers. Yep. Now, If it, I have a couple options. Either I go to a specific carrier and say, how much for you to haul this load? It's ready at 2 o'clock. Well, I'm just making stuff up. And they say, $3,000. I have no idea. Okay, I'll call you right back. And then I call the customer. I say, I have a truck that's going to that be there at $3,000. And then we say, okay, let's make it happen. Then the truck goes and picks it up. That's option A they can do. Or option B, they can learn to fail. And learning to fail is. I posted it for two thousand. I didn't get a truck. I screwed that one up. I guess I got to learn to do my job better. I have to learn the analytics better. This is a math game,
2: right? Exactly. And it's so you're saying. So let me ask you this then. So is there a legal issue with the following? You bid on a job. Let's say uh, it's a flatbed load, or it could be like twenty loads of water. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what you know. Coyotes and Ch Robinsons do. They go to Procter and Gamble and these big warehouses and they bid on twenty loads. Right. A PO for 20 loads going to some new product, getting distributed to all the Walmarts, right? Okay. So they go out there and they say, okay, we'll do it for 2,500. And the shipper comes back and says, well, we need it to be at 2,000. Well, how about this? We'll do them for 2,200 for you. So they haven't talked to any carriers. They've just agreed saying that we are confident that our pool of carriers Mm -hmm. will pull these 20 loads for us somewhere under 2,200 so we can make some profit off of that. Okay. They're nego- brokers are negotiating with shippers just as much as Correct. the other way around right so mm-hmm. shippers will come to the brokers saying look hey i got some other lower rates from other brokers but i'd rather work with you because you're more reliable okay. they use other brokers but they said these guys are you know they've always had trucks falling off when i work with you you don't have as many trucks falling off so i'd rather work with you so what can you do to help me out with the rate And you say well I, that eighteen hundred dollars is unrealistic that's not realistic for this lane mm-hmm. but I bid I bid you tw- you know, say the cheap broker went eighteen hundred, you bid twenty seven hundred, and they're like, Well, we can't do twenty-seven. Where okay,
0: where did you get your number from? You got your number through your experience and analytics of moving previous loads. That is what a broker does. You got your numbers through your experience and analytics of moving previous loads.
2: Now what happens now? Okay, so say so you get you do get these twenty loads at twenty two hundred. Okay, we all know the broker game is we hope to move all the loads at seventeen hundred, but we know the reality is if unless you booked it with one truck saying you got ten trucks, I'll give you ten of these loads at seventeen hundred, and they committed to it, boom, you're happy. But let's say you only get you're, you're booking each one separately with one truck, two trucks, and there's all kinds of different carriers doing it. What's going to happen? Well, you're going to have every carrier is going to come in and say, well, I can't do it for 1700 I need 2000 or $2,100. you are going to Why say, well, would- I can do, the best I can do is $1,900. you are negotiating your profit, essentially. You have the price with the customer. The customer doesn't care if you make money or not, right? So that's where the, where is, there, where is the gray area and how much, a, so when let's say shippers and carriers revealed mm-hmm. certain broker overcharged the load. Like, you know, not overcharged, con- but made yeah. thousands of dollars off of each load, right? They say they found out these 20 okay. loads that the broker actually profited a $1,000 each and the shipper felt that was unfair. They didn't know this. Okay. So is there, is that illegal for the broker to make a $1,000 a load? No. Why would it be illegal? Right. Okay. So, so but what, what I'm, I'm saying is that's where let, that's how you can cheat. If I had 20 flatbed loads to move that were tarped. Correct. Let's say I have a carrier, one carrier says, yep, I'm paying, you're paying, you're charging your customer $2,500, including tarp. That's an all in price. You committed for 20 loads of shingles to get moved from their warehouse to these, you know, they have 20 loads to move to a distribution warehouse. So 20 yard to yard, 20 loads tarped, and you're paying 2,500. Yeah. So if a carrier says, and you said, well, I'm I'm paying 2,100, including tarp let's say that next carrier says, or I'll do it for 1800 One carrier says, yeah, 1800 is no problem. The next carrier says, well, I need 2000 because I got to pay my driver $150 tarp fee. Mm-hmm. And you agree to that $2,000. you are paying extra on the tarp, but you're paying him $2,000 including tarp. So how that's broken out is irrelevant, isn't
0: it? That's what my point was. Well, that's what my whole point was. With the fuel surcharge and the tarp, it was a flat rate. It doesn't matter how you break this up. That was my whole argument on the last one. Just like this fuel surcharge, it's it, it, there is no fuel surcharge, it's a flat rate. I don't care how you break okay. it up, I so, don't yeah. care.
2: I I came on to say, I agree. Yes, you're right. Is it does the spot, spot market have fuel surcharges? 99% no, there's a small, small percentage of a few brokers that will say, Hey, I'm paying this, and there's a fuel surcharge of this built into the price, or whatever the case is. And there's the a few sl- oddities that happen, correct? But for the most part, everyone. On a day-to-day, majority of shippers that are on the spot market, right? They want they don't a, care about the details. They just a, want their freight moved for a flat freight. What is right? a spot so rate? I, what, I came on. To what what say, is it?
0: Hang on. I, what is a spot rate to you? Maybe this is where the problem lies. If I'm a customer, like what is a spot rate? I
2: need a spot. spot rate. A spot rate means what is the current available rate based on supply of available trucks in that lane at that given moment? In okay. Time.
0: So at that point, how do you get your spot price?
2: Well, depends on who it is. If I look at it, I just, have. Uh, just I to go to my yeah. car- my network carriers. And you call. I know. And you call. Or else, no. My very. I'll be honest. My very first tip that I use because I have the tools. I actually go to our internal TMS. We have a lane IQ tool. Which is your? How many? Has, has anyone moved? Is any other agents moved a load in that lane in the last month? because if exactly. they have for me to I look at it this way as a broker with multiple agents yeah i call the broker the carriers that we work with all this way if i call okay. up and say hey hang on, xyz hang ABC trucking company ultimately you, you pulled the load last week he, oh yeah, yeah yeah we pulled for so and so yeah i got a load in this similar lane that's the next city over 50 miles away or something like that and do you he, have availability bingo and he gives you a price
0: exactly okay so a spot rate is nine times out of 10. You can use your analytics, but nine times out of 10, you're going to a truck and you're saying how much for you to haul this load.
2: That's a spot rate. You're going but to a truck. We're also saying, well, now, that seems a bit high. I was hoping to be at, even though I haven't negotiated with the customer. But if Why I is know that the customer, your right to
0: say it's a bit high?
2: Right. Because if you know no, your no, customer uh, no, 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 based I'm on asking, previous bidding history...
0: But it's not your right to say it's a bit high. Who are you yes, to tell? Is. No, it's not. Who are you what to tell? What, what if four other on, carriers on, give on. you cheaper prices? Hang on. So you're saying Who, that's still not. It's you're not your job to tell me my price. Who the heck do you think you are? This is you're my price. As a carrier, or as a as broker? As a carrier, you called me. I didn't call you. You want to tell? Call me and ask me my price. And then the first thing out of your mouth is that seems high, click, call someone else. I don't do that. I take whatever price that is, and I say, thank you, let me give you a ring back, or I'll call somebody else and see what their price is. Thank you. I'll give you a call back, and I'll go to the customer, and I'll I'll tell them, this truck is here, this truck is here, this truck is here. As a broker, you don't have the right to tell somebody that their price, listen, plumber comes into my house. And said yeah, we, hey, we yep. all right I'm not going to say oh man your price is too high I'm just going to say thank you and I'm going to find I'm going to if it's too high to me that's it's too high to you I might pay that dude's price I might be a better salesman than you I might be able right. to get his price he might be worth his price But the problem that we, I have with freight, is that exact thing that freight brokers do your price is too high screw you
2: find another carrier This that's is why my brokers price. a lot of brokers have struggles is this when a shipper asks for a rate yeah i see it often a lot of brokers will reply back 1500 They're saying rob do you have that your price was higher but the people my other provider they use the term the other provider can't get a truck at that price so the point was this is that the if a, if a broker is, if the shipper seeing different price points, mm-hmm. they're trying to come to us in the marketplace and dictating what but, the pricing but that, is.
0: Because it, but it's a spot market price. They're not looking but for a okay. contracted price. They're looking for, a, look, man, I need to move this load right now. Exactly. It's got to go out Friday. So just get me a price. But the problem is, is that here's my problem with this. And this is my problem with Rob, or not Rob. Let's use Dean because you're Rob. Here's my problem with the Dean. The, listen, I look at it like this. Right now, uh, dr- drivers and carriers are all taught the same thing. They are taught to look at the freight broker's price, take his price, and tack on a couple hundred bucks, and then you take it. They don't even know their numbers. Stop it! Stop panhandling for freight. If you're a carrier, know your numbers. Know what profit margin you want on yours. If you want if your numbers are, let's use simple numbers. If your numbers are a dollar fifty for me to my break even and I want 100% markup, that means I want $3 a mile. Because this is what happens in business. This is how business works. Now, if I could be like, well, this is putting me in a good area, and I see that another load, I might not want 100% profit uh, markup on this one. I can do this one for a 50% profit markup. But that's the carrier's decision to make, not the broker's. So if I ask you for, hey, how much to go from here to here, you should hang up and be like, Let me, will you hold it for five minutes? Sure, give me a call back. He calls me back and he says, my price is, I'm going to use simple numbers, is $3,000. Who the hell am I to say, that seems kind of high?
2: No, well, my job is to thank you. Let me see what I can do. Right. That's what you do. Now, now, however, I've seen it happen where I'll say, look, hey, I'm calling you because I got this lien. I've worked with you before. Where are you at with the price? And they say, I'm at $2,900. You say, you know what? Hey, Roy or Larry or John or whoever in dispatch, we've worked together. I'll tell you what, my shippers come to me that they've had lower pricing, but they struggle with the truck, Mm -hmm. but I know that you're, you're a better carrier than all these other ones. Could we do something on the rate here? Because this is the situation and they know you, if you have a relationship with them, because you called them, right? If you're, if brokers are calling you because of a posted load, then you have, I believe at that point. If they let's let's say you had the load posted and you pick up the phone and it says, Hey, I'm calling about your load posted from point A to point B, you then have the right to say if they say, Well, um, how much are you paying If they how many that's where this because what do most carriers ask brokers? How much are you paying? And you say I'm paying two thousand. I don't, go, well, say, two, I I do don't say two I don't say i do thousand.
0: That that's the problem with most brokers. That that's the problem with most brokers, to be honest. Because now the problem is is now you're guiding that carrier. to to, to the price that they think they should haul it for.
2: So, therefore, the step one then, step one has to be the FMCSA and the TIA needs to go to all the load board providers out there, and and it has to be illegal that there's a – No, because then they should not be allowed to post a a freight. Step
0: one should be you need to know your numbers. Step one should be a truck driver should know – his numbers and his profit margin and what he wants
2: to make. And they don't. They do Right, but here's the don't. problem. You can know your numbers. Okay. If you work in a certain lane and you know your numbers saying, I want $1.50 in all miles. Well, guess what? Or I need $2 a mile in all miles. Mm-hmm. Then, therefore, no truck, If let's say 80% of all the truckers in the United States, mm-hmm. over the million drivers out there, a million carriers out there, a million truckers out there, say we won't do nothing for less than $2 a mile.
0: Have you ever negotiated up on a price for your carrier to the, to the carrier? Have you ever told your so- care? Have you ever told your carrier that's not enough money? You should charge more. Yes. To the, to the, to the carrier.
2: Yeah. I'll say because of these circumstances and this load, I want to pay you more. And they're like, okay.
0: Okay. We're, we're very few. Me and you are very, very, very few. I, can, I bet you if anybody's in there uh, in the trucking side. No, I've
2: done it. Well, I've caught. I I could have because I'm very fair. Like I know brokers where I've said I was prepared to pay. Let's say I call one of my regular carriers. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, hey, John or or Sally in dispatch. Uh, they know me. I know them. I say I got I got to load a flatbed load from or van load from point A to point B.
0: Mm-hmm. What
2: do you think you need this week? Well, I'll do it for two thousand or twenty two hundred, and I was prepared to pay twenty five. Okay. I'll say, oh boy, I was willing to pay you more. What? But most brokers would say, "Great, I'll right?" Book it. And you and and, and, they, and they and then they pocket the extra in their in they pocket it. Sure,
0: and and that's called business. Yeah, because that they they were able to find. I, I, listen, if I if I go in and I do a day rate for seven hundred dollars, let's just say, simple numbers. But I call a local, but and I can move it either on a hot shot or a local carrier or a step deck or a flatbed, and I've got a local guy with a day cab that can do it for four hundred bucks and I call him first and I, and I work that up if the customer, then that's me making a, my profit. I, I yeah. actually worked for I fought, I worked for that money. I was smarter than somebody else. Right now there's times I can do that. Or there's times that I might have to use my knowledge to undercut somebody else.
2: Right. That's why, that's why I, you have to be very careful with shippers. Just like you said, there's some shippers that are super intelligent around their freight. There's, a, some. Correct. Some are not saying that they're not intelligent around it, but they just need the freight move. They don't really care. They just want to move at a reasonable price and reliably done without problems, right? Correct. If the price is twelve hundred dollars, they don't want to worry about all the fine details. They just know that a truck shows up, picks up, and delivers for twelve hundred dollars. They're happy. Other shippers want to understand, like if there's upcharges and so forth. They want to see this breakdown. They want to know where their costs are coming Correct. from.
0: Norlord, right? if you're yeah. uh, real, hang on. Snowboard, if you're listening, can you put um. The thing back on the screen that you had, because we, we both missed it. And I want to read it real quick. I think it was, um, yeah. Uh, look at the AA sets regulations for fuel surcharge. F M C S K code 17. Fuel surcharge is for the carrier to charge brokers, freight forwarders, and other and more. And cool trucking. You're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. When I ask you for a rate, it is not my job to put the fuel surcharge in there. It's yours. So if you give me a flat rate of $2,000 for a spot market load, that should include your fuel surcharge. Technically, it should include all of your business expenses plus profit. Stop looking at fuel surcharge, just cool trucking. I want you to let fuel surcharge go if you're on the spot market. Do me this favor. And I want you to figure out what your expenses are, all expenses, fuel and everything. Because if you're just looking at fuel surcharge, you're doing it wrong. You need to look at total fuel, total truck bill, total insurance, total everything. And if that's $1.50 a mile, now you have to look on how much profit do you want to make? Is it 10? Is it 20? Is it 30? Is it 40? Is it 50? Is it 60? And tack that on. Let fuel surcharge go and do total fuel because that's your business expense. On a spot market load. This is what so I'm let me talking ask you this, about.
2: As a sidebar stage. Yeah. I have something else I'll bring up that I think is another issue to address in the brokering world, but I've had this several times. I have a particular referral business that I get leads coming into me, people who have freight to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and often I get people and they'll they'll come up and I'll get the I'll get the phone call saying, Yeah, so and so told me to call you because I'm on their list as one of their care, their providers, their service providers, a broker, a broker that they give like three people out and I'm one of them. So I get this call from someone saying, I got to move this stuff or it's a container coming in. And so I I start laying out the pricing and also they're like, Oh, that's way too much. I'm, I was only going to pay a thousand dollars. Okay. It's costing $5,000. And I said, well, so how many times have you moved containers before? Well, this is my first one. So we have a shipper. Mm -hmm. who has no clue about the cost of trucking Correct. trying to tell the market we're only we want this freight move but we're only going to do it for fifteen hundred dollars correct we're or a thousand dollars is what they're prepared to pay or fifteen hundred where really it should be four thousand dollars correct so they're trying and they won't move it otherwise and Mm -hmm. now it's sitting so the point is we're we're like even though we have this case law but there's got to be a point where we have the shippers out there that saying, we only want to move this load as a load for $0.80 cents a mile. And that's what they're flogging it out there for. Yeah. Right? Now so you- there's got to be a point where shippers have to also be held a little bit accountable because, yeah, to say, well, just because your costs are high, we can't accommodate that. But hang on. If 10 carriers are all saying, I need $3,000 and you're only paying 1000 well, there's, there's a bit of that there. But where I was going to go is next, Sage, and you give your, your feedback on this. When it comes to detention charges or TARP fees or layover charges, et cetera, any Mm -hmm. accessory charge to a carrier that's incurred in the process of moving freight.
0: Yeah.
2: I, as a broker for myself, I do all of those as pass through. Correct. Now, again, your knowledge and time and history makes a difference because what I do, because I can tell you, there are a ton of brokers that if let's say the, says okay yeah i apologize the loader took longer we'll pay you the detention to two hours sure. equal. you're there for four hours how much do you need and they say 50 dollars an hour there's a lot of brokers that will go back to the shipper and charge that 65 sure is that legal To is, up
0: so charge those successful charges is it i don't know i don't know if it's legal is there a fee
2: for for that there could be a fee for that but it wasn't part of you didn't sign that agreement you know like this is Let's say you don't. Let's say you don't have a contract where they like. If, if a shipper says, Sage, whenever there's detention at our facilities, we're paying forty dollars an hour. You book loads, right? And, okay, and I got. And so, the carriers trying to charge more. They want more for their detention charges. You're going to say, well, I can only pay forty. They say, well, then guess what? If you're not going to pay, I, I've been here for two hours. I'm loaded. Yes. So this is where the lot. This is where it gets a little dicey is no okay the shipper, no listen do you, here's no, the let me ask you i guess I'll, sure. I'll
0: clarify it this way because i know the answer
2: if you, but have a, if you have a contract with a shipper that you signed that says we pay x dollars for tarping we pay x dollars for detention correct if you signed this with the shipper before you booked any loads correct your your ability to quote those loads is subject that you signed the shippers agreement form mm-hmm. every load that you do do you tell the ship the carriers in advance Hey, by the way, okay, we agreed on 1500 on this load. Okay, good. We're both agreement. Great. By the way, my shipper only pays $40 an hour for detention, and they pay $80 for tarping. And the sh- the carrier is like, well, we charge 65 an hour for detention, and we charge $120 my for tarping. My next
0: answer is, hang on. I have to tell my shipper that. I, uh, here's the problem. I, they're welcome to have this, but what you have to understand as a freight broker is we are middlemen. We are middlemen, right? I can't. Just like, and and right in the thing, it's like travel agents. I can't make the decision for the airlines. I can't make the decision for all I can be like, okay, this is what they want to charge you. This is where we're going to be. I I have to be that middle person. Hey, this guy's going to charge this much on this. What do you want to do? What do you want to do here? What happens if you you don't have the money? Now, can I pay it out out of my money? I can. But what happens if I don't have it in my costs? What if I don't have the additional fee into my costs? So as a middle well, person, I go to that shipper, or like we're using a shipper, could be a receiver, either way. And none of us are lawyers, nor do we play them on YouTube. But either way, I, I still have to go to the shipper and say, look, you're, you're doing 40 here. This carrier is 80 for detention. What do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do? Because at some point, if I have to tell them, listen. You're not getting it. Listen, this is in your channel. Go to mine. If you want your comment, you go to my live stream and you can put it on mine and I'll answer you on mine. All right. Listen, at that point, you you're the middle person. You you can't be making decisions unless you want to pay for it out of your own pocket. Is what I'm my point. And I don't I don't if I'm making financial decisions for my shipper, I'm doing it wrong. I can and I can advise I can say this is what the going rate is, but until I have a guaranteed truck with a guaranteed price and his rate, here's where we're at. at
4: I let me let me interject here. Who are you? So oh. there are brokers that get on the load board. Yes. and will pretend to have a load when they don't really have it to get quotes from drivers so they can go back to the customer and quote them a price.
0: Correct. Ghost posting.
4: Yeah, and and so, so who's who's is is that a strategy that? Obviously, that strategy is bad on the driver because it is. You know, it, it disrupted my complete weekend when they did that to me.
0: Yes, but it is so, it is a strategy, and a lot of times, what that is is that is a three PL that it will come across as a an email to me. I will click it. And it will, I, it will show me picking up here, delivering here, all the information, blah, 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 blah. And then it'll say, you have two hours to submit your price. You have four hours to submit your price. And it's a little clock, and it ticks down. And then what I have to do is I have to submit my price. So rather than that broker saying, look, I am competing through a 3PL against other brokers. I have two hours to put this bid in. I, I, I know I can't hold, you know, I'm not going to hold you. Would you give me this time? Would you give me this but I'd like to go ahead and submit a price. He should inform you of that. So now you have the the decision to say, no, I'm not waiting around for that two hours. I'm going to go ahead and keep looking, but they don't do that. Right. They don't do that. They should, but they don't. But I I can go right into our
4: TMS as a broker and look at what the, what the late brain is. They were just looking for the lowest trucks to bid. um, That customer is, well, I booked Good. what I thought was two loads going from Oklahoma to Arkansas. And next thing you know, I I was getting the runaround from the broker for the Raycon and run around, run around. So finally I call him and said, What are we doing here? As well, uh the shipper just yanked all these loads from us. Yeah. Like, okay. And so and then next thing you know, I'm looking at the load board and there they are from a different broker. So right. I called them, trying to negotiate the same price. So- like, well, yeah, that's why we got it from the other broker because we negotiate a lower price, but yet they didn't have the guaranteed trucks either.
0: Right. Well, the issue was that technically what they submitted was based on their analytics that they thought they can do it. it, it it's it, you can still base your stuff on analytics and knowledge is when you have to make a decision. I mean, you do it all the time. You said it earlier in this live feed. I am not in charge of your company. I mean, right. But you, right. there's probably decisions that you make to be like, dude, I can't answer that. I'm not, I, I don't run your company. If you get right. that feeling, you better start to think about that feeling because there is now nuclear verdicts coming down to bro- freight brokers. And in that article I put on there, it, leg- they, C.H. Robinson says this will change this, this uh, the industry, this, these verdicts are now going to, we don't know how yet we're looking into it, but it's going to change the industry. That's, it, that is exactly what they said in regards to the Alan Miller verdict. This is going to change. And I know what they're going to do. They're going to pull away. They're going to be like, no, nope, no, nope, we're middlemen because that was the argument they were using. So we're, they're going to be more middlemen than they were before. And if that freight broker wants to do it, that's fine. Not for my office. I'm not taking a nuclear verdict because an agent got me into that position because they were un- uninformed.
2: But I will, I will say this, though, that the part of the, the big, the, I guess the two things I'd say. One, a lot of all the issues that we have in this trucking industry, brokers, carriers, relationships, people are getting mad about this and that, is often stemmed from the shippers that play the games. There are shippers that are fantastic. They, mm-hmm. they have three, four providers. They don't play games. They, they kind of rely on those three or four to provide the services in, de- you know, mm-hmm. in different ways. But there's the shippers out there that they have 10 brokers that they email a flock of loads to, mm-hmm. and then they play the cheap game. And unless, and like, unless they're in an urgent where they're consigned, their customer on the right. other end is expecting a higher level service Then some of will pay, you know, more faster. Mm-hmm. But if they have freight, that's not rushed. It's just a warehouse transfer and stuff. They will sit there and play the games and let the brokers fight amongst themselves for this freight. Correct. Right. Th- that's, that's business. I mean, right? I- that's business.
0: You, you brought up a you brought up a thing that if, if they won't pay forty dollars I have a customer that they and it's either do it or don't do it five million five million dollars in liability insurance five million if you yeah. don't have it don't quote their freight they don't care yeah. but guess what c- carriers do they go out and they get the insurance they get the insurance so they can haul the freight. So, customers, if you don't want to, if, if if they're making a forty dollar fee, and I unless I want to dive into my profits, and and give the additional money, which I can, and I have, but I, what I cannot do is basically say, look, um, I can't make the, I have to be a middleman, and I'm telling you right now, it's not what the industry is doing, but it's going to be the way the industry is going to go, and this is where the apps come in. This is where this is gonna be like, look, man, I don't even want to talk. This is where the emails are coming in. They want paper trails. You're seeing more emails, I bet, than phone calls because of paper yeah. trails. They wanna say they want to show exactly what they did say and what they didn't say. Because they're gonna start covering their butts with that. There's gonna be less phone conversations and a lot more paper trails and a lot and that's more. That's why you back. see those
2: inexperienced brokers that when they reply back, like if you don't put on there, like there's some shippers that If they award you freight and things go sideways and there's, I have, I've had shippers where like there's something goes sideways in a load and they said, well, you're the one that booked the truck, not me. I'm not paying extra. You quoted me X price, any extra charges that's on you. Exactly. And And I've taken my losses. I've taken my losses over the years. Many times. That was my, all. that's
0: my point to this whole thing. And this is where, like I said, Snorlord can't say this enough because nobody effing listens, right? Snorlord. Does nobody effin' listen? It's know your numbers. No, if you, this is going to be the way that if you don't know your numbers, you're going to be pushed out. Look, I just did an interview that nobody's going to watch because nobody watches my stuff. Anyways, I'm going to cut a three part of the middle section out. And, and it basically just tells you what corporations, you human beings and robots are no different. They're no different to a corporation. There's no difference between you and automation, okay? So what's going to happen is the middle, we're losing middle America. One of the reasons we're losing that is automation is filling middle America because it's hard to fill upper and it's hard to fill. It's easy, you know, cheap labor, still cheap labor. It's going to be up to you to become smarter at trucking and know your numbers or you will fall to the wayside because brokers are not going to take nuclear verdicts to show you how to do your job. It's the same thing with that fuel surcharge. I can't change the laws of supply and demand and the laws of economics because drivers don't, don't know simple supply and demand. Learn supply and demand. Cool trucking. If you are so worried about a fuel surcharge and that you're not worried about total fuel, perfect example why you don't know what what you shouldn't be in business. I don't care what if you're going to pay me 86 cents a mile. You should be billing for your total cost of fuel. It's a part of your... Ex- Snorlar, do you just bill fuel surcharge or do you bill total cost of fuel? When you run your numbers, do you ju- do you factor what it's going to cost you for f- fuel 100% or just a fuel surcharge?
4: No, 100%. 100%. I, mean, so, I, I look at my profit margin.
0: Correct. So does it matter what fuel surcharge is to you as an owner-operator bidding a small market load? Does it really matter...
4: Well, yeah, that was the beginning of my video. I I don't I don't know why everybody's arguing about that. I mean, I, I can see, Cool Truckin's point. I can see Dean's point. But the reality is, is and and you guys just kind of, I mean, I know that that Rob, you know, CDN had things to say, and I'm glad you guys were able to hash out things for a little bit. But the reality is, is that that we're so involved in the complexities. And I think that what it is, it's a lack of communication, a lack of understanding.
0: Well, to, to be brilliantly honest, what I'm seeing more and more is it's it, it, it it's a lack of business knowledge. It's a lack of education and saying, look, truck drivers come in and it's easy to get in. Next thing you know, hey, look, I run a business. Right. And it's like, oh, oh, well, do you know anything about p and reports about a what? Do you know any? I mean, at what point? Like And and I see this, even with I, I watch a little bit of the Archer and I think Stuart's in here. Stuart, I'm going to probably pick on you. So it is basically like, look. In regards to if you're a lease driver and owner operator and contracts change, that's what businesses do. Business contracts change. If you don't want them to change, then become an employee. But if you're an owner operator or you're a lease driver, there's a possibility that business contracts will change. I don't get the same contract. I don't even have all of the same customers I started with.
2: Business. No, but I, I guess the summary is this because I know that it, I'm going to have to jump off shortly, but I would say this back to what everyone, Steve talks about, Sage had mentioned it, many others, as far as the carrier side goes, you need to know your, your money. When? when you're if you're on working the spot market and you're about to go in the load board before you call the load if you're looking at the lanes mm-hmm. i'm sure most of you sit down and say okay well yeah my truck is in ohio and i'm trying to get back down to missouri or to texas wherever it is you know you're going to go x amount of miles so you're going to roughly i come up with saying okay this is i'm going to need 800 miles or 1000 miles 1000 miles i'm Makes roughly going to pay yeah. so much for fuel i'm going to roughly pay this oh there's going to be toll roads in this area I'm gonna. I need at least for me. I need a minimum of this. Now let me see what the market will do for me, right? You got. If you're not doing that, you're not doing justice to your business. That's step one. Well, you need to know what your
0: profit margin is on top of that. that, That's
2: that's step one, right? But that's how you start. Is before you call the market, just like a broker. How many brokers out there is? And I used to do this years ago, but where you post a load and you haven't even run the miles, right? You're not ready for it. They're not ready for it. They they see a load from a customer, and they just immediately, it's like an automatic reaction. They just post the load. But they didn't look at the lane. They didn't look at the details. Now they got a bunch of carriers calling, and there's issues. So the point is this. Carriers have to know their numbers. They need to do their research. Brokers, even if you're a carrier or a broker, when you're quoting customers, the whole thing around this whole lawsuit issue is you need to be clear on your terms and conditions for the quote on the lane that you're quoting the customer. That's all you have to do. That's what causes if And this way, if the shipper has any conditions, you need to ask the customer. I, I have it often like this because I've been in there. When I it's going to a job site, My I ask my customer, if there's a mechanical breakdown, weather delays, anything else, doesn't matter, but the driver's late. Is there a financial consequence you're going to come to me with if the driver's late, because I've had it where they say, Rob, we've had four guys at $30 an hour sitting there waiting for that truck. We're going to charge it back to you. What negotiation are you talking
0: about? Cool trucking. You not knowing your numbers and want fuel surcharge when you should be r- calculating all of your numbers. I'm confused. Go ahead.
4: I, you know, look, this industry. Oh, here we go. Here,
0: here it goes. Yes. It what What negotiation <laughs> are you talking there. about?
1: All right. Let's say a broker posts a loan for $1.50 a mile. Yes. When you start the negotiation, you say, okay, we're setting aside fuel surcharge. It's 89 cents right now. And then you start on the line haul negotiating the line haul. There's 61 cents left. How ridiculous does that broker think that that trucking company can operate at 61 cents a mile? That's a negotiation. Do
0: you, some, some so you set aside whoa, whoa, the set amount for the fuel surcharge. Take that out of the
1: negotiation. That's why you don't negotiate. No total amount of the haul. I don't no. because because the carrier loses position by doing that.
0: Do you know some carriers can probably operate at sixty one cents if they're doing it on volume? If they're if they're a mega carrier, do you know that? Why not be a company driver? I can get more now as a company driver. Welcome to business. Well, no, that's not yes, business. That's it lack of carriers knowing how to negotiate. No, it's not negotiate. It's lack of you knowing your numbers. Let me explain something to you. There are times that when I first started doing this, if I would have just been working a doc, I would have made more money. But I guess what? It, it's it's business. Sometimes you make money. Sometimes you lose money. Sometimes that's understand.
1: That's okay. just okay. That's so, a so, business so, one. I mean, I learned that the first year back in the 70s.
0: Obviously, you didn't. So let's talk about this. So basically, some carriers can make 61 cents if they're going to move their freight, if they're going to move that truck back to their customer and that customer that they're moving the truck to is going to pay them $5 a mile. So is it a smart – at that point, is it my job to know that – I don't look at – you You look at every single load as one load because you're one truck. That's not my job to know what you need. It's not my job. It's it, not about what
1: I need. It's about what I can get. I'm negotiating the cream on the top. That, you, I'm not negotiating what I need. The, That's business.
0: No, no. You
1: You negotiate your profit. You don't negotiate what you need.
0: Exactly. So how much do you need? What is your numbers? Uh, I don't want to divulge that on. Then what's your profit margin on top of your numbers? I want to make a dollar a mile profit. Okay. A dollar a mile profit. Okay. So at that point, you're negotiating that. So if I post a load and you look at my load and you can do it and make a dollar a mile profit, you just say, there's my price? Or do you come in and panhandle?
1: No, I come in and I, I, I start. This is what I'm going to start doing. I haven't been doing this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set aside the fuel surcharge. We're going to make that a ground rule right off of the, the beginning of the of the negotiation. And then I'm going to tell him, we're going to negotiate line haul. Wait. And then when he comes back at $0.61, cents, I'm going to tell him, do you think I can operate this no. after fuel? Because fuel's gone. You've already spent the fuel no no listen to me so now we're talking what the company makes the, there's no trucking company out here that can operate on 61 cents I don't care who it is it could cent. be J.B. Hunt 61. it could be Schneider they cannot operate on 61 cents because their labor costs is more than that
0: 61 cents a, a, a mile? yes a mile line haul Pro, after everything after fuel after fuel yes there are no there is not you want that? That's a lie. Oh, they are, they are, they're losing money because right
1: now the average is 65 cents a mile right now is the average wage for so you're, a driver, an right, experienced so you're, driver. You're, you're telling so me- they're already losing 4 cents a mile. So
0: you're telling me somebody that's on a de- on, 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 that has a that de- no way 61 cents a mile depend I see it's hard to do with by the mile because y- y- how many miles that doesn't matter. They use an
1: overall number, uh, monthly, weekly, or whatever they're doing. 61- they use overall miles. They don't do a per load. Sixty-one cents. A- See, you don't know how to negotiate, man. I'm telling you. How, I, I, I've been in this game over forty years. I know what the hell I'm talking about.
0: Listen, it, you're not paying attention. It's a spot market rate. If I told you I had a load that paid you a dollar a mile. You would take the load. You don't need you wouldn't negotiate. No, anymore. I didn't say that. I, asked I said, you, if you would. I want
1: to make a dollar a mile
0: profit. Okay, so my load posted right now is a dollar a mile profit to you. Are you just gonna take it?
1: There's a lot of times I see loads on there and I'm fine with it. I don't negotiate anyway because I'm happy with it and I'm not gonna beat the broker up. Okay. Because they get beat up enough. Now, next time I call him, he's going to remember. This guy did not beat me up last time, so I'm going to give him a little more. Okay, so that's... That's negotiation. You
0: don't ha- Listen, I don't have to negotiate with you at all. No, Sue, hang the phone okay. okay. up. I'll go to the next guy. All right. So my point is, is, is what my point was, if you're negotiating your fuel surcharge, why would you negotiate a fuel surcharge? If it's not enough for Because you- that's federal regulation. It's the carrier's chip... You're not paying it,
1: okay? Yeah, and you're talking about tarping. Tarping isn't in the federal regulations. I
0: didn't say it was.
1: What you your charge is? And it's it's a position the federal government gave carriers right. to have over the
0: cheap brokers so, and freight forwarders. And there's one other one that they stated in the regulations. So when you give me a rate, you give me an all-in rate. Well, see now you're taking away my negotiation chip.
1: Because if you set no, aside the fuel surcharge, the, no. we talk line haul. If you're trying to pedal it for $1. $1. 50 a dollar mo- twenty-five, dollar a mile, listen, that ain't going to work for me.
2: Listen, because gonna, now it's paying.
1: sixty-one cents instead of a dollar fifty.
0: Attention, when you negotiate, and I say the load, you, I say how much do you want? How much, I have a lot going from New York. All right, let's do a mock mock, uh, uh, negotiation here. Hang on, cool, can I just interject real
2: quick? Cool checking is something that I can say is I agree with you what you're talking about with the fuel surcharges as your chip. However, sometimes what we have to take in the marketplace is your audience. There are some brokers that really could give two bits about a fuel surcharge. They really don't. They don't care about that. Others are willing to listen to you and respect what you're saying. So the point is, when I used to be at Coca-Cola and I wor- dealt with a Walmart manager at Coca-Cola, big, one of the biggest companies, the day we didn't come out there and flex our muscles. no, instead Coca-Cola, we had a Bible, like a, a a book this thick. We learned everything about Walmart, all the terminology. So when I went and talked to uh, a Walmart manager, I didn't tell him about how we discussed our business. Like we talk cost per mile well, in Coca-Cola, we talk our profit, the way we talk about our cost and our operations and stuff. No, we used all the Walmart lingo. Yeah, but just so I'm the, the saying, point, where I'm the, going with this, the, hang on, no, no, okay. where I'm going with this is this. And if you need to, I've shared this with uh, with, with Snorload, and I think maybe Jeff, but I could, if not, I can pass it on to you. I use, I have a couple little Excel tools that before you call in a load, you've done your numbers, you know where you need to be, and then what you do is if you talk to the broker and you bring up the word fuel surcharge, and you could tell by reading the broker, they're not interested in that. You negotiate listen behind the scenes yourself
0: at the point you're oh, in
2: your mind you're having the fuel surcharge you're talking to yourself but you just have to know the audience so i'm not saying what you're saying is wrong but how if you're per, if you're pressing on a broker above fuel surcharge and they don't care they're gonna they're gonna hang up and find the broker a carrier let me, that's just gonna give let let a let to move on. real quick real
0: quick should you cover just the fuel surcharge or should you cover all of your fuel cool tr- cool trucking
1: It's not about the fuel.
0: Answer the question.
1: It's about the the negotiation position. Answer the question. You're not understanding me.
0: I am understanding. Answer the question. Should you cover just the fuels? When you go to give me a rate, should it cover 100% of the fuel or should it cover the fuel surcharge?
1: Well, it's one hundred percent. But okay, now the fuel surcharge covers one hundred percent of the fuel no, if you get no, the right mileage no, 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 per gallon no, no, it with doesn't. your truck. It,
0: it's not. A In design, fact, is, the
1: fuel surcharge will actually pay you
0: profit. It is not designed to cover. If 100%, you
1: get a good fuel mileage it, with your truck, it
0: is not designed to cover one hundred percent of the fuel. It's. It is designed to cover above a hundred. stay with. Do you me. even know how fuel surcharge works? Yes, I know how fuel surcharge works. You're. Free. All right, let's hear you explain, and then I'll okay. tell you if you're wrong. Maybe you should finish one of my questions first. Can we do that? Of course, I oh. I been in there to
1: pay for all the fuel.
0: Perfect. So now your expenses should also include all your expenses, right?
1: It does, uh, yes. Perfect. And that's why $0.61 cents isn't going to pay go. all the expenses. Let it go,
0: cool trucking. Let $0.61 cents go. That's not my load. Now, No, we use that as an example. That's we're what out. we're going by, that example. a
1: dollar fifty a mile that example. gross on this load. Not
0: using that example. $0.89 cents is fuel surcharge. That is $0.61 cents left. That's our example we're going by. Now, when you figure out your price, do you factor in what you want your profit margin to be? Yes, okay. Now when I ask you for your rate, I ask you what is your rate? Make up a number. Give me a number.
1: well, I'm, well okay eighty nine cents dollar dollar I would be about my expenses probably two fifty a mile, two forty a mile.
0: Perfect. And let's say two forty a mile equals twenty four or hundred dollars. let's say a thousand that's that's let's, let's do that, right? Perfect. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll call you back.
1: But let's say a carrier calls you up and and we're discussing fuel surcharge. And then he calls it. The fuel surcharge is not for the shippers. It's not for the customers. It's for the carriers. To a- circumvent the cheap brokers out here, no, that's why that was put there. Where fuel it was put there back in the seventies fuel- because of the embargo and because of the, the the major strike that happened back then.
0: Wow! so this right here is exactly why uh, spot market and and contracted. People you don't understand. When I do a contract, oh, wait, a minute, wait a minute. When I do a contract freight is what? contract freight. No, you either well, contract it to the carrier or you contract it to a
1: broker, but it's all under contract.
0: When I do a contracted rate and I'm going to do the same load over and over again, I might do it for let's just use simple numbers a dollar seventy five a mile plus fuel surcharge based on a bi weekly basis. Okay. All right. That's when fuel surcharge comes into play because I'm literally charging and paying more based on the fuel surge. It could go up, it can go down, to the customer. So their base, their base pay is based on the dollar plus the fuel surcharge on a biweekly basis, and then I'm paying the carrier. Let's just say, I, I, makes my simple life simple, a dollar seventy times that f- plus the fuel surcharge on a biweekly basis. That's when fuel surcharge comes into play. Because you're never going to get a different base number. You're never going to get a different line haul. You've contracted See that's where you don't understand.
1: The fuel surcharge is not for the customer. Listen to me. Yeah. You, you cannot go to a customer uh, See you guys are getting gifts. No. When the customer are giving you fuel surcharge in your contract. No, when I Because they they are not even I'm supposed to deal with fuel wow. surcharge. It's between the carrier and the brokers. What? I just today, all day yesterday reading the regulations on this, I'm telling you that's what it is. Rob, when you not, have nothing to do with
0: the shippers. Rob Rob, when you go to yep. a contract freight and you're going to bid a contract for six months to a year, and the con- and the trucking company says, I'll do it for a dollar fifty. I'm going to use simple numbers, right? And I know yep. this is, and now you go to the customer and you say, we're going to do it for a dollar plus fuel surcharge on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly surcharge,
2: correct? That's you right. you bill the customer yep. for the fuel surcharge, correct? If I think okay, so when it's be, when it's to be clear, so let me let, let's take a step back. We need to make some clarifications here because when we do a load like that, let's say my customer wants me to lock it's into correct. like a rate for a six months, twelve month contract. It's not correct. a contract per se, like you know, it's not a true contract. I I call it a spot market contract where they want me to say they want to know that hey, for the next year they have this one lane, they do they do a bunch of stuff, but there's one specific lane. That they want a price locked in for and the year, and I said, "Well, I can't guarantee." No, no, no. Let's you- say
0: it's, let's say it's different. When I'm talk- what I'm talking about is like when I used to bid on Van Freight. Yeah, we yeah. had we had three loads going out a week, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. Every right. Monday, Wednesday, Friday for a year, we were going to go to the same delivery location and pick up at the same pickup location. Right. So, right. I, and back then, I bid a dollar seventy-five a mile plus plus fuel, fuel surcharge to the customer.
2: Right. So now here's I- the key. Here's the key with the fuel surcharge because here's the problem in the trucking industry. While fuel surcharge does exist, it's not consistent. And Cool Trucking, you probably, you know, yes. you've been around the block. Every carrier has, some carriers charge per mile, cents per mile. Some, some say, they say, well, when the fuel is between these two points, between $1. seventy to seventy four, we pay this much percentage. And if it's between right. $1.74, they have a whole chart so laid out there. let's make
0: it easy. Let's go with the See,
2: that's, that's
1: one point. They have a half a dozen formulas let's let's in the regulation. The whole point easy. about let's if you are easier. working
2: on a fuel surcharge, the number one key is that, yes, the broker should not be charged. If, if a shipper says, we are paying a fuel surcharge, then in, make- in that case, to what Sage is saying, if a shipper says to me, Rob... When you, when you Let's charge make me $1,500, I make sense want you mile. to break that down into fuel surcharge. I want whatever that is. So if you're breaking down, if a customer is asking you to break it down, when you and I, if you called me on the spot market, what I would do, because if I'm busy, I want to quickly get that load booked. So if I'm paying the customer 1500 which includes the fuel, and I just have to break it backwards, then I would turn around and say, okay, when I book it with you, it's going to be... Uh, I'm paying you 1,200.
1: Right. Okay?
3: Let, so I'm
2: going to break out the fuel surcharge. Tell the carrier, hey, okay, it's 1,200. I'm going to show it to you as a base plus this plus fuel surcharge. Are you okay with that? And they'll say, yeah, that's fine. Right. So, and that's Move two on. cents per mile because that way we can stay exactly. Exactly. That's Exactly right. Because you know, I have carriers right now. I have carriers right now, they're not charging me percent per, percent like cents per mile. They're they. I had carriers. That I'm I'm paying them the exact same rate I've always paid them. But they've added, first they started, when the fuel went up, they said, Rob, these are my flatbed carriers I'm talking about. Not, they added 7%. Now, uh, it's 20%. So it's the same price. I, I can go back two years ago with that same carrier. It's the same line haul price. They just added 20% fuel to it, and I put it on my right. customer. I so tell them, if yeah, I go to my according
1: customer, to what the, what the fuel is at that point. Yes, that's basic stuff
2: I'd say the caveat here is this. When we get into fuel surcharge business, if you are working in it, the number one thing that we all have to come to agreement because i've seen uh, tenders re- you know requests for proposals where the shipper and there's a particular shipper in mind that if i said the name everyone would know it right. they're a massive carrier massive shipper, shipper and they lay out these ridiculous ridiculous fuel surcharges that's nowhere's where it needs to be in the marketplace it doesn't even cover the fuel cuz be- remember that so i it's that's supposed one, to cover the fuel. fuel surcharge when you're working with fuel surcharge with a broker if that's what you're doing if your stick is if you've established I've always said this at the beginning, when you first work, work with a new broker, right. it's now not, it's you actually can, not once supposed to cover the some surcharge. It's supposed to cover after hey, a a mi- uh, You know what? We've done five, six loads together. Is my service good for you? Yeah. You've done great for me. Great. You've established you have that point now.
0: All right. Until he comes back real quick. So basically then what happens is I go to that shipper and I say, it's this much money. And then I charge the shipper the fuel surcharge. And then I pay the carrier the fuel surcharge. So now you're every week, or every let's say bi-weekly, but it used to be every week for me. Every week on Tuesday, when the fuel surcharge came out, according to the DOE, I would then pay the carrier, let's say, five more cents. Let's say it went up and you got five more cents. Okay, But your line haul is always the same.
1: Yes. Yeah, now, listen, 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 you guys are missing a big point here. When you as brokers go to the customer and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. And it, and uh, the rate equals out to $5 a mile. Okay. Then the, the carrier calls you up and you say, okay, the surcharge is 89 cents and uh, uh, we'll pay you two eleven 11 plus the 89 cents. And then your profit is up to that $5 a mile. That's how, the business no, works. Listen
0: to me. No, that's a contracted rate. That means you came to me and I asked you, how much will you haul this for for the next year? And you said, I'll haul it for a dollar seventy five a mile plus fuel surcharge. Now, you're for me as a broker.
1: I wouldn't do that. At- I would say instead of a dollar seventy five plus fuel, I would say stop, stop, three seventy five plus would- fuel and then. That would be the broker's
2: profit margin. Bro, would you listen? Would you oh, he's, listen no, the bro, he's, he's a cool truck and He put 25 cents profit on the rate per mile plus fuel.
0: Correct. Would you listen for one second? All right. Now, you said you do it for $1.75 a mile. You're a trucker. I then say plus fuel surcharge. You say yes. I then go to the customer and say, I'll do it for $2 a mile plus fuel surcharge. My profits.
1: Yeah. Okay. I say. Yeah. Same principle. I just was using different numbers.
0: Perfect. Now that's when fuel surcharge comes into play because you're going to get either more money or less money based on the price of fuel. But on a spot market load, when it's going to be a one-time deal, one-time situation, it's a it's it's flat rate. Just tell me how much for you to haul this
2: one load. And I think the other part is is that with fuel surcharge, isn't? Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you come out like cool truck and you have your truck if there if let's say you have a broker you and i are working together on lanes and we agree that hey when i work with cool trucking i'm going to pay you a fuel surcharge of x amount that fuel yeah. surcharge you and i have to establish because that means that when you came into the marketplace you came in and that's what back in the 70s and then back in, when i like i mentioned this earlier when i first started as a broker the assumption was this the base level back when i started was a dollar 20 carriers expected that hey, when I'm if I if you right. know that you're calling me on a load that's a thousand miles, right? And you're getting right. six miles. To, say it was five miles to the gallon. So a thousand, you've got to buy five. That's going to be two hundred gallons times a dollar twenty. So you've assumed two hundred and forty dollars you're paying for fuel before you bug anyone for extra dollars. You're assuming that as part of your cost of operation. You know, right. That's, right. So as a broker and as a carrier, we look at the lane. The lane that you're running, let's say I, I know the price is not, but just for the sake of the example, you and I we, we're t- discussing a lane and we're looking at it, we're saying, well, where you're picking up the current price is a dollar twenty-seven mm-hmm. at that origin. The destination point is say a dollar eighteen. So as a broker, I take a dollar seventeen plus a dollar eighteen divided by, yeah, two, okay, by two. The 18. average is a dollar twenty-two point five, so a dollar twenty-three. So therefore, Perfect. you're eligible for that three cents. The extra three cents you're paying on the per uh three cents a gallon you're paying, you're eligible for the fuel surcharge.
0: Perfect. Now that's hey. based on a contract but, rate but, but that's, that, See, on. that's, that's not how I, ca- I calculate it's a uh, oh,
1: penny day. for every nickel above a dollar twenty-five. Hang well, on. I just read yesterday in the regulations it's a dollar ten. Really? All right. So basically, so, I just so I mean a just uh, penny for pay every, pay every on nickel above a dollar ten. But that
2: regulation, dollar ten is ridiculous. All right. So twenty twenty-two when the price. Well, it probably is, but that's in the regulation.
1: They need to change it.
2: All right, now yep. hang on a second. Hang on. All right, see, second. that's
1: what I'm going by. I'm going by what the law says. Hold well,
2: on. I re- I this. So one summary second. whole is this. Hold My on. Point is this. All right. If you're working this, go ahead. Go ahead, Paige. All right. Ahead, Sage. Listen.
0: So what you want to do is you want to go ahead and figure out your the fact that you want to even put fuel surcharge into your rate shouldn't even matter. Because what you right but be- it gives
1: us negotiation no, it doesn't. position no, it- that's what this discussion is about the carriers negotiation position against the broker to get their rates higher no that's
0: what this is all about You're ne- it, 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 that means nothing to me I don't care That the- means everything to me no it shouldn't it's the, the. I don't understand why you think this is a negotiation tactic. At uh, fuel price, you need to factor how much fuel is going to be total. I swear to God, you need to know what your costs are and how much it's going to cost for you to do business. Keep going to that. That's not even the issue, man. Well, if, the issue is getting your rate above the so-called
1: dollar fifty a mile that they're posting on the boards right now. So if you were to say that's well, what we're suffering yeah. by low rates. Well, I don't believe that you that the brokers are operating on such slim margins. I just don't believe it.
0: Perfect. You want you think we're we're operating on what uh, hundred and fifty percent markup, hundred and twenty percent. markup? No, not that bad. But well, that's what. There's Dean's definitely it. a lot more room in there for the carriers. Why do I need more room? Why do because, I? Need well,
1: more room- if you don't have more room than that, then your negotiation skills are pretty bad with your customers. Why do
0: I need more room? See, this is a to give us more money. No, oh, I don't uh, Bingo. I don't need more room to give you more money. Well, then, then, then
1: that's, Wh- then and I... it's your fault for not negotiating Holy that with your crap. customers. So
0: I'm not, because obsessed. I'm going to negotiate more money for you. You want, me, you want me to, to get more money from my customer, even though I'm in a competitive market too, just so I can give you more money. That's right. Wrong. That's my position. Well, good luck on that. Because my... Customer, well, that's what... My customer,
1: everybody I, negotiates to get more money. What uh, do you think they'll negotiate for?
0: My customer's not going to say, you know what? No, my customer... I don't negotiate. I don't negotiate. I submit my bid.
1: Okay, that's the... That's the same thing. You're just no, using semantics no, now. No, it's
0: not. It's not a negotiation. It's a bid submit. If you
1: put in a bid... Yeah. And it's... Low enough for that customer, you're gonna get it.
0: Correct. I don't. I can't. But negotiate. at
1: that point, wait up. At that point, yeah. Your costs. You figure out your costs are a little more. You go back to that customer and you explain to them why, and then you try to get that price up. No. That's called then, negotiation. No, Man, then the customer. I, you're saying, you're I right cannot right. believe you're not
0: seeing this. No. Here's no, no stop, Let's stop, get back stop, to the Stop. Very stop. G- stop. The customer will say, "Too bad." Rob even said this earlier. The customer will say, "Too bad, I'm not paying you any more money. You're gonna have." And then his
1: load sits there, and then he comes back to you because you, your three truck example, that's dropped them loads, and then he raises his rate. No, if I I submit, you're talking in circles. You talk both sides of the coin here.
0: If I submit my price, Rob, if I submit my price to the customer, okay, my price is two thousand dollars. That, I don't get to negotiate that. It's a submission. They don't want me to come back and say, oh, I want more. They say, what's your price? Wait, hold your thought. Now, I, I don't have the right to do that, okay? If I can't move it for 2000 guess what? I eat the money. Correct, Rob?
2: Yes. Bingo! Unless, however, no, no, hang no, on. No,
0: on that situation, yeah. in regards right. to that spot market quote. That's why
2: I brought up before. Regardless if you're a carrier... Quoting freight to a shipper, or the broker quoting freight to the shipper. I see it too often no, where but, people well, show me yeah. email threads, and I see I see rates submitted where it's just a rate, no, nothing thinks- else, no comments. So as long as you see, if you put on there as a broker, if I said two thousand dollars, yes, you submit on there, rate subject to truck availability because I will I, I will actually there you go negotiation. I will actually tell my customers that hey, when I quote today. I'll say this freight, this truck is 50 miles away. If it gets booked, this rate will not be guaranteed for okay, the next truck. Okay,
0: let me ask you a question. That's not negotiations. I can't go back and say, you know what? Do you know what? I'm... Dude, that's brilliant. I'm going to quote a dollar for every load subject to truck availability and then bill my customer 5000 when I go to move the truck. How many No, you got to let them know prior. Oh, come oh, on, man. Oh, no, so hang on. I think one thing I, we, we need to clarify here. Dude, I, I wish, true, I wish, cool trucking. You just spent one day in my office to see what customers actually do. They don't want to pay you a lot of money. They want to move it for cheap. Customers well, want to move it.
2: Not necessarily stage. I would say to that the, case, the they that take a step. Do, back. They do they want to overpay? Quick. Do they want to overpay? Do customers but want to overpay? I have customers that say there's there's freight that, for example, if it's here's how I look at the trucking market. The first question is when people call on a load. If you Do call customers on a load, want to overpay? Not all. He wouldn't use the term overpay. Okay. What is overpay? They have a percentage. I have what? shippers no. that come up with percentages I mean, that are way below Christ. what they think. Listen, caution. do
0: customers want to overpay? Do they ever come to you and say, look, I know you want to charge me 2000 but I'd love to pay you 5000 Yes uh, no, Steve, yes. that's see, hey, the magic right there. Come on, say. Know. Oh, my God. Let me finish a sentence. Just a sentence. It's just like you said. When you put on my comment section that the customers were coming, that a, a freight broker, was you were moving loads. I don't know how many loads I'm going to make it up. You move 10 loads at this price, and then all of a sudden the price went down. Do you know why the price can go down? You said the broker was stealing the money. I didn't say. Uh, did you ever hear me say stealing the money? Pocketing. I never used that term. Pocketing all the money.
1: Do you? No, have- I said they profit the money.
0: No. Okay. So they took the additional money. Could it? Is it possible? Is it possible that the customer needed ten loads in a rush, and they were willing to pay high dollar amount to get them in there as fast as they could, and then once they were full, they said, "Okay, we don't want to pay next day air prices." Let's go ahead and lower the rate and just bring them in maybe once a month or once a week.
1: Is that- Or they would finish out that 10 loads, and then on the next 10 loads, they would lower the rate. That's how it usually happens.
0: Oh, so it is possible that they didn't profit after that. The contract changed.
1: And that depends if you're on a yearly contract, 90-day contract, or what kind of contract 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 you're on. Is it possible
0: possible that the broker didn't profit, that they actually changed the rate because they didn't need the loads as fast? Is it possible? Yes, it is possible for a broker to lose money on a load. So before you say that, oh, they profited, do you have any evidence of that?
1: Yes. Or I'm no. using. Yes. Or canned, no. I'm using canned numbers. You can't pick out certain individual situations and then bring it out
0: here. We're using broad strokes here. So the answer is no. You're feeling you're the answer is no. You don't have any proof of the statement that you put on there.
1: If a broker cannot operate in a profit situation, they're out of business. So the
0: answer is no. You don't have any proof that they started keeping the money after the 10 loads, like you said like on my comment section. Just real quick, just yes or no. Either you have proof or you don't have proof. Which is it? What are you, are you saying it doesn't happen? No, I'm asking you if you have proof. This is not a confusing course I'm not a, I don't. I'm not a oh, broker. I don't have proof. Perfect. But, but you had no problem saying that that's what happened because you didn't well, know. Are you saying it
1: doesn't happen? I, I'm saying that you Are oh, you to sit on here and say that that doesn't happen. You're you're a full-faced liar if you are.
0: Do you know that we are very competitive. Do you know that early on, broke I used to bid a post a quote uh, I'm sorry, bid a, a lane Post it on the load board, and then other freight brokers would take snapshots of my freight from the load board and email it to the customer? I hauled
1: a load for six months the same price. Yes. Overnight, it went down probably 35%. Do
0: you know why? Now,
1: I know this contract didn't just all of a sudden go down like that.
0: Do you, yes, it actually could have. The contract could have ended, or he could have said, look, we no longer need this much product, and it's called supply and demand. I was going to say, isn't that
5: cool? And this is no offense, cool trucking, but six months ago, with the supply and demand, you should have been charging more. Absolutely. That's an error in your your business. I mean, I understand being the cool guy and keeping the, the price the same. But business is ruthless, right? And if it means you have to, you can charge more, you should. Correct. The, bro- the broker is going to do the same thing to you. We're all here to profit as much as possible and what the market allows. The market value is the market value.
1: Correct. I understand that. But the load I was talking about, I went to a, I have three brokers that haul the same load all the time. It's Coca-Cola out of Foodland, Idaho. Okay. One broker, one broker dropped his price. The other brokers didn't.
0: And easily, so
1: those contracts, Coca-Cola puts out them contracts in a uniform manner.
0: No, they don't.
5: Right. they become in, in the that ring, Yes, they do. There comes the responsibility of the broker. If, if that's not something he can make money on, he doesn't bid on it, right? I mean, just like bid on it, you can't make money on. It's the same. That concept is is a right across the industry, no matter
1: what. But getting back to the fuel surcharge, are you saying, Stuart, that that is not a a uh, a coin in our bag uh, in negotiation? Fuel surcharge? Of course it is, because you
2: can make them look like they're they're chief skates but the, if the, they're they trying mean, to. nothing understand to understand. the way that we term I fuel surcharge.
0: Yeah, Stuart, you did the spot market, right? Correct. Okay. Did fuel surcharge didn't you always build the full fuel? You didn't give a shit about fuel surcharge at that point, right? Yeah.
5: Well, it's an all in one price. Yeah, it all goes whatever again. Whatever the whole price is, that is what it is. You know, all that's gonna happen if you want to see fuel surcharge, they're gonna break out X amount of cents for fuel surcharge and the rest is they're exactly. just gonna But it's still gonna
0: equal it's, it's still gonna equal the whole thing. It's, it's
5: a to make it Yeah, whatever so if
0: that sur- makes you feel better about- cool trucking, then
5: when I was with CRST,
0: I
2: had them breaking up all the time. Yep. Right, but, that, I, but I agree. Remember, fuel just, trucking, that's why I said, I agree with you. Fuel surcharge is a factor. But sure. I think most carriers out there are, like, I get carriers that say, hey, I, I, I'll call them up saying, hey, last week or two months ago, a month ago, you did that lane for me from here to here. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Can you do it again for me? Can you do the same price They'll say, well, I have a truck for you, but I need another $200 because fuels up. They didn't use the fuel surcharge term. They just said fuel is higher. I need a right. couple hundred bucks more but to offer. But right. fuel use, surcharge. So it's still built in. It's the same concept. But what I was going to say is back at the beginning, this whole conversation is all started because of what the comments the dean made. And I think one comment that we haven't brought up is that the way that the dean discussed it, I think his, his frustration in the market is this. The dean, cool trucking, guys like Stuart, guys mm-hmm. like Jeff, guys like, like Sandman, Snorlord they are nfl professional football players negotiating with high school kids that's the problem they know their business and they're calling on people that don't know the business no here's that's the, what here's, that's what i agree me. with no, that.
0: here's the problem here's the problem and i know you will agree with me if they're still negotiating with random brokers that's their problem because if you're if you're pulling my freight off the spot market board and you don't have brokers to go to and get yourself. If you're still on the spot market, looking at the DAT board, pulling freight, I don't know who you are. I have no, why would I pay you top dollar? I have no idea who you are.
1: Because of the reputation that I, that I'm, le- of the company that I'm leased to. Now, n- they can look at that. And I use that as another negotiation okay. tool. Then
0: you see, this is a whole different thing. You're being leased to somebody doesn't even matter to you. I know why you take fuel surcharge now, because you get hundred percent of the fuel surcharge.
1: I don't put it to Jeff. I don't charge Jeff that. Nope. I just oh. get the overall cost up. Okay, so but using put- the fuel surcharge gives
0: me that extra tool. It you don't Oh my god, it doesn't. It really if you oh, think it sorry. does, it doesn't. If you, but that that makes you feel better. Please go ahead and do it. But I'm going to tell you right now, as a broker from the spot market, I don't. It doesn't. I don't feel bad about fuel surcharge
2: because no, I, I go hey, to you, you and say that I it's say, "Is not right for carriers to call random brokers." Well, no, no, not that it's different. not
0: right. Is the fact is that at some point you're calling a random broker and you're asking for top dollar for something. Let's just say, right? And I don't even know who you are. Do you pay the same amount of money to the guys on the on the load board as you do your normal carriers? I don't. I do not pay – if I post something on the load board, it is nowhere near what I'm probably going to pay my, my my direct guys. That's the truth. I like it or not, that's the truth. If you're booking freight off the load board, there's more money to be made if, if I'm calling you direct because you've done a good job for me in the past.
2: Sure.
0: Okay. There's yeah. that. That's my point. I do that. That's I got point. my brokers that I call direct. But if you're all if you're looking at the spot market and you're saying fuel surcharge is gonna give me a better way to negotiate. No, actually it doesn't. What gives you your best negotiating power is the job you do. And if you're using fuel surcharge to do to, to, to negotiate service, yes, that's another ah, tool in the bag. If you're using fuel surcharge to go negotiate it rather than total fuel, you're gonna confuse a lot of drivers out here that are listening to this and saying, Well, I just have to negotiate my fuel surcharge. No, you don't. No, you're not. You're not. you're still misconstruing no, what I'm saying. twisting. I'm
1: saying classroom. you set aside that amount. That's a given amount, no matter what. That's why I was telling Jeff that it needs to be regulation, that, that the fuel surcharge should be regulated for us because it's for sure. the carrier. Sure. 100%. That is a given. I don't care. The only care. thing that should be negotiated is the line hole. I don't care. But the problem but the, problem Here's cool your in the spot market
2: is, is that when you're working on the fly too much, as I mentioned, when you're working with the fuel surcharge, you got to top. Everyone has to be on the same playing cards Dude. because, as I mentioned, fuel surcharge is calculated six ways sideways by different carriers. So, one, what miles are you calculating that on? We all have to be on, a, on agreement between the shipper, the carrier, and the broker. What are you using as the, the, the chart that you're using it with? And then once you establish that, then you can deal with that. That's why most people, just like this. I know that yeah. in Sage, this is where this gray area comes in.
0: It's are, are
2: lumber yards. And steel plant yards where, with flatbeds where the shippers will say, there's a lineup of trucks at those kind of places and ports. Shippers don't pay waiting times. You line up as a truck, first come Richie Brothers. First come, first serve. I, like, I know from my shippers that when I send trucks to shipper, to Richie Brothers, I tell them there is no waiting time. So let me, let let me
0: ask a quick question. Let me ask a quick question. And, and Stuart, please jump in here. We already have drivers that don't even know how to calculate their own numbers when it comes to their – how much their mortgage is, how much their truck – I mean, their personal and business. They don't even know how to calculate that. They have no idea. You want to add an additional problem of factoring in fuel surcharge? Or, Stuart, do you think it's easier just to know your numbers and give me a flat rate?
5: No, the the flat rate is always going to be the easier way to go. Just give me a number. The bit I'm struggling with here, right? The bit I'm struggling with here is trying to understand how – okay just for i'm going to use round numbers. it's two dollars right is the, is the rate per mile is what the, the broker is trying to move it for sure. the the fuel surcharge is just say a dollar a mile okay and that is fixed that that rest really doesn't mean anything that doesn't mean anything because they're just going to fluctuate that rest of that percentage to make it fit their need correct it, it, it's not it's not a tool if anything i would say you're probably sort of castrating yourself in your negotiating ability in my opinion That's the way I feel about it. I don't think because there is no benefit to that. You need to know your total fuel cost, which I I believe you do. Uh, I just think we're looking at it. I don't see the benefit to it. And all you're doing is throwing more words and numbers out there to confuse someone. And if you're not speaking the same language like CDN says, and there's so many different matrices, right? You know, the broker has one matrix and you might have another matrix that you use. You've just got this word jumble, which doesn't mean anything. And it actually probably confuses. The people you're dealing with. That's my opinion on it. So it's better just to keep it to a, a, a simple number that everyone can agree on at the end of the day.
1: 100%. All right, but let's agree the people in here at least, at least in here with this know their numbers because we're regular people on these podcasts and we know to do our numbers. So that's a given. So these people mm-hmm. right here on this show know their numbers. Okay? Yeah. So how is it that we are giving up the 89-cent fuel surcharge you're per not, mile because that's where we, we, we boil everything down per mile.
0: You're not giving it up. You're not giving it up. I don't know how well, you do Well, you do it in overall price, but, but
1: you're it's not. No, it. it's, all right. Well, all that, I'll just you're agree not giving, to disagree. You're not
2: giving I just up. have my own beliefs. No, I think what Cool Trucking is saying is that I believe, as a carrier, whether you're super experienced or brand new, As I mentioned, you should have your own little calculator, how you do your own business so that at the end of the day, when you run your numbers for a year, you should know, you break out your line haul cost, how much you spent on fuel and how much you spent at, if you paid for the overnight parking, how much you spent on tolls, because that's how you can evaluate your business so that if you're deciding, let's say you run the Northeast and you're like, you know what, I've been talking to my other people I know, seems like the West is better, would be better. So you run the numbers in the east and you're saying, yeah, when I go to the east, I always have to pay for overnight trucking. I'm paying for the tolls and this mm-hmm. and that. So when I go to the west, I don't have the tolls, but the rate per mile is less. Until you can put apples to apples and know your numbers. Because, I mean, take this as an example for uh, whether you went to a shipper and uh, whether you go to a shipper and mm-hmm. you say to them, okay, last, last year you spent $15,000 on detention charges. Okay. And you spent 15000 on detention charges. They're going to come back to you and someone will say, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, we should really change our procedures and get drivers filled more efficiently. Another owner would say, "Say, I only spend 15000 Great. I'll keep paying that forever because that's half of the cost for me to hire two more people or one more employee. Correct. That's half the cost. I don't have to go through the training. I'll pay Correct. these truckers to sit there 15 i will even pay $50,000 a year. It's still cheaper for me to pay that than the higher staff. Correct,
0: cuz so that is know their numbers. Improve.
2: So the, even if you broke, even if a broker spends all this time breaking everything down, it does not change anything. Exactly, cuz the, the bottom
0: line is the shipper makes the or the customer, cuz it could be the receiver. The customer makes the call. And if the customer does, would rather pay you 15 than pay 50,000 each for two more employees, they'll pay the 15. That's why you, when it okay. comes to you guys arguing over the ten, over and over this and over that, it's like it, it's a bigger business than what you think it is behind the windshield of that truck. Right. So that's more. why more
2: often than like, for example, more often than that, what you have to, the whole thing is about not just the fuel. Like if you call a broker and you kind of got a sense of which shipper it's going to be, if it's a certain company that has notorious long loading times and so forth, when you're negotiating with that, you'd need to look at the origin where it's picking up. What are the circumstances? Where is it delivering? What am I going to encounter? Where am I running? How many days is this load going to take? All of that, because if a broker has a load for a thousand bucks, but they want it, they want it sitting there for three days to take three days to deliver it, but it should be done in a day and a half. That should be affecting your rate. All those factors. So not just fuel. And I think that's that's the whole point that the dean had is that when it comes to negotiations, that sometimes we what the brokers often what a lot of unexperienced carriers are doing when they're asking for broker post load for a thousand, and the broker someone says I want twelve hundred. They're just basically getting a couple hundred bucks more for because they fuel don't or whatever. know their numbers. What happens
0: right. if what happens if that a thousand's enough? I have carriers that just be like, I'll take that load. Okay. And they take it. I have people that just say, I'll take it. because they know their numbers. I'll, right. They know their numbers. And and, and I'll be and, and then I've got guys that want to panhandle. And then I'll be like, you know what? I, I got other people call me. I'll click and somebody else takes the load. So they took time panhandling me. For a load that I have, loads that legal loads that shit I could pay five bucks a mile for a legal f- hotshot load. Do you think somebody's going to pay? Going to basically ask me for more money on that load? If they ask me for more money, I I I, I mean, you at that point, if they're going to be like, well, I need this, I need this, I need this. All right, thank you for your bid, and I'll move on to somebody else. You, you see, what all I'm right, saying?
1: guys. Uh store lord, I I'm sorry about all this, man. I didn't mean to take it off the rails.
4: But i jump out of here, guys. It's all right, Bill. Thanks for coming in. Yep. <laughs> hey, I, um, I blame Stuart. So I blame Stuart. He, here, here's the thing. Well, so we're going to go back to because I'm a simple-minded man. Yes. There are some markets that don't support some people's expenses. So correct. We, you know, in, in my opinion, if I sit there and take up all the time to calculate my costs and then i take a load to denver
0: mm-hmm.
4: oh, i you know i immediately take the profit from the denver load and add it to the load that i'm going to get take a hit coming out and then it becomes a law of averages how how long do i sustain at whatever part profit margin and that and that and that's that's kind of what gets lost because if you know, I guarantee you that if your costs are two eighty a mile,
3: mm-hmm.
4: costs okay, take a load in drive-in and you t- yeah costs. There are people with costs at high. Trust <laughs> me on this. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. And then they take a load to Miami because it paid well because it went. You know they got three fifty a mile to do it, and then they deadhead out. Because they don't understand that at least fuel is a cost coming out and they don't protect the profit from the last load. A lot of people don't know how to do the cost averages because I guarantee you that if your cost is over 2 bucks a mile,
3: Mm
4: -hmm. you're not getting $2 a mile out of Miami. God, no. So I don't do calculations on each individual load. Toss this guy. Go ahead. It's about... It's about staying above a certain number for my profit margin, as it is probably on your end.
0: Well, let me ask this: there are loads
4: that you're going to lose on, and there are loads that you're going to win on. Let me it's ask this: same, it's the same concept, real,
0: right? Real quick, the guys that you bring on, and I know, I'm I mean, I pretty sure I know the answer. Do you you ask them what their numbers are, and if they if they don't know, you at least say, "Well, we better figure this out, or we're screwed," right? Because well, that's part
4: of my my uh, service. When someone has, "Hey, Steve, I want rig runners." to 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 help me come up with a plan and dispatch and all that that's the first thing i ask him what are your needs mm-hmm. what are your numbers you know i had a a a a person come up to me year you know months months ago and said hey steve i'm thinking about buying a trailer cuz power only isn't working for me and i asked him the first thing i asked him is what's your cost now and how much would that add to buying a trailer add to those costs and he couldn't tell me that person is now out of business okay Mm -hmm. because he overextended himself not knowing what his numbers were right so so the the, the, all this discussion that we've had for the last three hours (laughs) can it it, it, it's about knowing and and unfortunately in in trucking a lot of people enter a business because they don't need a business plan you know the smarter carriers may come up with a business plan, mm-hmm. but I'm I know people that are that are doing lease purchases on trucks that don't even check the credit of the person that they're giving a the truck to.
5: Correct.
4: That's that's what and that's what brings the business down. So that's the purpose of my channel is hey, you know what? Pay attention, figure out how to adjust when things go wrong because things will go wrong. There might be a time when you find yourself in Miami. There might be a time when you find yourself in denver and if your costs are so high and 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 you can't miss a beat that taking a hit out of denver or taking a hit out of miami whether it's a deadhead or a low paying load um you know there's a problem there and that's the and and fuel low fuel covered a lot of that high rates and low fuel covered a lot of it now that the storm is here that i've been telling people for the last year Mm -hmm. is here, people are figuring out just how weak their foundations are and so, you know, if, if, if Bill wants to calculate fuel surcharge and call it something else, that, that that's him. If if, if, if if Stewart wants to drive 55 to help compensate for the fuel, that's him. If Sandman wants to switch to step deck because he thinks that that will help the profit ratio margin,
0: that's on him. I don't even know if he has a step deck because I've offered him a load and he never shows up.
3: So, so, okay. so if I have a question, man. You, you wouldn't, know. you wouldn't pay what was necessary to run the load. That's but the problem. In, even that
0: situation, I broke down. Like I'm like when you said twenty eight, I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't say. Oh, that's not the going price. I said, well, you know, you're. I, I don't know if I can pay you to deadhead out of out of where right. the hell were you? Where the hell were you? North Dakota to come down there, right. and I got it covered by somebody who was only forty miles away.
4: But right. Right. let us Stewart, Stuart, Stuart if, ask your so, question, dude.
5: So I got a question. It's more for Sage and uh, CDN. When you post the load, okay, and you say, okay, just numbers say you you know it's gonna be around two fifty a mile is what you're gonna be moving it for. That's what the market is determining, okay? Mm -hmm. When you get them calls, what are you seeing for prices? I mean, what are people quoting? Are you getting is it like a shotgun where you got people at $2, people at $5, people right on the money? What are you seeing from from them people as far as because that's gonna determine you know what you're seeing? Do these people really know their costs? Do they have high costs? Are they just aiming for the stars and hoping? What do you see for a for, for that, what people are requesting for that? And I want to ask that in two aspects. What are you seeing now? How is that working? How is that? How was that being done, say, a year ago when the market was good? Are you seeing less of a spread uh, versus now or more of a spread?
0: Does that, want, that make sense? Question. you want to so go asking? first or you want me to go first? Either way, Pitch. All right. So for me, now I do over-dimensional friends, but I do legal o- open deck. So uh, the big one, some of the biggest things I'm seeing is if I don't post the rate, people, if, uh, if I post no rate, people have no idea what to quote. But a lot of times, what people, if I, let's say I post it for 2000, it's just an experiment. And you know what? Maybe I should. Maybe one of these times I will literally live stream a ghost load and we will post it and I'll let you guys hear the conversation and I'll say, look, I- I'll let you see. People will just take that two thousand and know absolutely. They'll just be like, "Well, will you do a couple hundred bucks more?" They, they, they don't even. I don't even think they know their numbers to know if this rate will work for them. I, I literally don't because if I don't post a load and they call on it, like if I post it for one dollar, you know, because you know, and just you know, basically saying quote this, people will be like, "Well, I, I don't know how much should it go for? How much should it?" What, you know, how much, where should I be? What, what, what's the going rate? What, like, they won't answer. They, uh, like, when I say, how much do you need? What's your rate? A lot right, of times, hang
3: but, on. But Sage, that's, that's not the question. Uh, right. And that's I'm- not the question. What the question is, is, mm. is what is the spread? Are you seeing a larger spread yeah. in quotes today versus what you saw last year during peak market? That's the question.
0: So what I'm basically seeing is people are shotgunning extremely, like, if you don't know what something's going to cost, you're going to say $5,000 because you have no idea. You're just, you're just guessing. I see a lot more just guessing at stuff than, than anything on my end for the stuff that I'm quoting. Now he's going to be different on his trade, CDN.
2: Okay. I can tell you that as far as like current right now, despite sometimes we, we see dispatchers that appear to not have a lot of training. Correct. One thing that they were trained very well, is to always ask extra money. Hang on one second. You guys, Karen, I've got to grab this here real quick. Um, but anyways, um, the, the it, yeah, they're, they're trained well to add, to ask for more money, but to answer the spread, this call's going to come through. I'm going to have to take it real okay. quick.
0: So a lot right. of times what he's going to basically, he's going to tell you is no matter what the price is, they'll always ask for, let's say, 200 more. Sometimes it'll be 1,000 more. It, they seem to be at, in my opinion, they seem to be asking for a lot more now. Because they're 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 taking a whooping on their rates, like they they need that thousand because their their expenses are this high, and they were getting that last month. Does that make sense? Or a couple months ago?
5: I mean, that makes that makes total sense, and that's <laughs> what I, I guess what I was I was trying to figure out. The second part to that question that I, I want to ask is when you say you, the load market value is two thousand dollars, do you ever post it at say fifteen hundred? And just see if someone's actually going to take it. Do you ever just go purpose?
0: Yeah. So now I'm not, I'm, I'll be honest with you. A lot. Like I had a load and I, I talked about this on my show, but nobody watches my show. So I had a load that basically I had $2,500 in it. I offered it to Sandman. I told him though. All right. Now when I posted it, I posted it for 18 because one, I had time on the load and I didn't want a billion. Like if I posted for like two grand or 2,200, what I want to move it for, my phone will ring off the hook. I can't get anybody. So, what I now, this is me, not everybody. I'd rather post it for 18 and properly interview somebody than have the thing going ring, 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 ring. Does that make sense? Well, so,
4: well, I, I, I want you to address Osir's question. What about the 90% of brokers that literally take the 15 day average, lessen it by 500, and make that their post off, and they won't move above? If, if you have a good volume, you can move elsewhere. But if you're in a place where there's no volume, Correct. They're taking advantage of the market, right? So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? CDN and, and Sage, and well, Everett, actually anybody in this. Before chat let me ahead. just go back go to yeah, story. Let me go back.
2: The spread issue, So we specifically answer the question. My experience has been there always. There's a few where because I know my numbers in certain lanes. I call a carrier. Hey, I call if I call the carrier and I say I'm thinking about doing this lane for this price nine times out of 10 or eight times out of 10, they'll say, you're up, Rob, that's right. Or you know what? I need a couple, of hundred, a couple hundred bucks extra. But as far as the spot market, if I post a load more often than not, if I don't post the rate, they'll call up and I say, they'll say how much are you paying now, how I know the, the, these carries, cause it's funny. If the first words out of their mouth is they don't ask about what's the weight. They don't any details. The first words out of their mouth is how much are you paying on this load
3: mm-hmm.
2: guaranteed. If I say to them, I said, well, if I tell you the rate, that means that you don't I said, Well, do you know how much you need you're paying? how much are you looking for? Well, how much are you paying? So you're saying you don't know the rate. So if I tell you my rate, that means that you can't negotiate. Because if I say, okay, I'll pay you two thousand, well, we need twenty seven. How's that possible? That's what I'm seeing. I see mm-hmm. it day in, day out. I live and breathe that. If I post a load, I tell them what I'm paying, I say to them, You can't negotiate you can't negotiate them. They'll say, the minute whatever price I say, they're trained, these these brokers, these these dispatchers are not like they're not necessarily fr- they're just trained. They're there as callers. Correct. They're there to call. They don't really understand it, but they're told no matter what, ask for more money. As far as the spread goes, back in the peak, here's the, here to, here's the the funny thing <clears throat> that's interesting in the industry. When the peak happened, like I mean, the rates within Canada and across the board just scar like, they tripled. Like loads loads I did. Last year for the exact same load that was like 6 grand I had to pay $12,000. It doubled. So, and I can tell you like just the other day I posted Houston, Texas to Fort McMurray, 2900 miles which includes your deadhead back to Edmonton because there's no loads out of Fort McMurray. Guess what carriers needed? 12 to 13,000, 135, I had 125 and 135 for 2900 miles for a flatbed load. So, the 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 point is is that Here's the interesting thing. So if I see that happen, we're also in like last year the price doubled. Here's what's interesting. I've done loads where I've called, Let's say I don't want to post it, I'll search. Like sometimes I I'll search a load. Like I'll either call my carriers in my network or I'll just search the lane because I have that ability to search the lane. I'll call three carriers. What's interesting is I'll pick I'll call three carriers. Now ask them for a price, they all give me the same rate. Isn't that interesting? And yet they don't know each other. They don't know I'm calling them. But I say I'm going from point A to point B, and all three of them will give me very similar within $100 of each other. That's what I find very interesting that they're able to all quote the same price. How is that possible? I still yet to figure that out.
4: Well, OSER brings up a point. Pick anywhere in the market, and that's what you'll see. 90% of offers are exactly 500 below. And so, what that is, uh, that's a manipulation in the market. We saw it in California.
0: Not always. A lot of times, too, is just so you know, and let's be honest, you got it would. Stuart's perfect example. Sandman, you don't count because you're not important. Stuart, perfect example. If you (laughs) think that if you, if I have a load posted for 1500, but I know I'm going to move, I want to move it for 2000 and I make you think you got over on me an extra 500 bucks, you're going to be happy going into that load, correct? Of course, it's mind, mind games, right? Of, of course, respect. it's the yeah. my, it's the mind game aspect that now you're happy going into my customer that you mm-hmm. were able to walk me up five hundred bucks rather than being pissed off that you were only able to walk. If I would have posted it for nineteen and you're and you would have only walked up one hundred, you're not as happy. Of course, that happy driver, big... happy life. That's that's what a lot. That's what that is most of the time well it, it's
4: taken advantage of drivers that, that again that don't know the markets and, and don't, don't know, know, the know their trend. numbers right so, that, so that's the, go ahead. so that's kind of uh, that, that's kind of the
3: crux of this whole conversation that spins out of dean's comments on jeff's feed the other night right is that look guys it, it, as carriers we set the price the brokers don't set the price we set the price. Bid what you need. Know your numbers. Bid what you need to make your profit so that in five or ten years, depending on if you got a used truck or a new truck, you can replace your equipment. You can keep it maintained and be, remain profitable. Well, the, if that we, that all, if need, we all do
4: that. What we need is well, relative. The customers. I, you know, I need my needs are less on fuel than, say, the Dean because my truck is getting two miles per gallon more than his. Right. So if everybody goes by their needs, the people that, with the lowest cost and the lowest equipment costs, are going to win that
0: game. Well, the customers also, the customers set the price also. Because if the customer's not willing to pay, they'll wait for the rail. If the customer's not willing to pay, they'll ship an
4: LTL load. And I've heard of, with people that I know in my network, cause I don't network with idiots that there are people that are working with direct shippers and the direct shippers have been hammered and they are refusing to pay because they have a little bit of leverage cause they got all those warehouses. They've been building. correct.
0: They'll hold it for an extra week or you want to hear the best one. <laughs> I have had somebody call me and I, I double checked it. Actual story. Uh, it was cabbage coming out and they said, how much did, and she's like, have you ever had this happen? And I actually called and, and spoke with them. What the shipper did is the shipper insured that cabbage. If it goes bad, they can write off the cabbage and and, and the insurance would cover it. They let it sit on the dock rather than pay the shipping and wrote the cabbage off on insurance. So there I I am did I agree with that? I'm like no, I don't do food, I don't do reefer. I was shocked. That was a new one to me. That's that's walking
5: on the verge of fraud yeah, right there. No, walking, that is that is fraud. That was a that new one fraud. to <laughs> me. But they
0: basically they didn't have now they didn't have the money to ship it. They didn't have the profit to ship it. So they couldn't afford to ship it. They would have took a loss. So rather than take a loss, they wrote it off as I can't ship this uh because I can't afford to ship it. And they they wrote it off for as an insurance claim, and he legitimately said to her, "I will re- I will write this off before I ship it for that price." And he wrote it off as an insurance claim. Wow! Just letting
2: you know, I, it was a new well, one to me. But to the, you know it's interesting, though, that when Salmon says that carriers set the pricing, they do to a degree, but yet the marketplace allows the click and go apps that some of them don't have that bid option. That it's take it or leave it. So it's not necessarily that you right. you don't have to take those low pricing but it's the broker setting the price on that lane. And another example would be when I first started like this is probably 15 years ago or tw- maybe it went back out yeah, 13 14 years ago now. I had I was doing flatbed loads out of Salt Lake City coming into Alberta. And it would and so all of a sudden I had an opportunity. My customer had 80 it was 81 loads coming out of Salt Lake City going into a Walmart distribution center that was getting built by Calgary. And I used to do the loads like over, it was like, I used to pay trucks, you know, over two grand a load, but because of the volume, I came in with the price and they knew, they knew me, my customer says, Rob, if you can do it for this price, you'll get out of the loads. And I did it. Guess what? So for during that time period, all those carriers that were, that always demanded over the two grand, they all took it for that lower price for that whole time period. Right. So they accepted my rate because I only put a hundred bucks on each load, right? I didn't make a lot of money off it because it was high volume. But it was, you know, I but I made it easy for the carriers. I made it easy for the shippers. And for a period of time, when carriers were going into that area, they just called me. I didn't even have to post it. They just, "Rob, I will have two more trucks next week." And then, you know, I, I often didn't have to even post because at first I did. But once they saw that I had regular loads for that project, it, you know, so brokers can have some leeway in the market by having that volume. This or is what TH Robinson does, and that's what Coyote does. When they go and they have a national account exec and secures fifty loads out of a food warehouse or twenty five loads out of a food warehouse, uh, they're they're controlling the market. Or
0: I, I've had my I've had a customer cut their sting in half. We had to ship a tank that we couldn't. The price for it getting there, they couldn't get the price that they wanted, so we cut it in half and we shipped it in two pieces, and they site fabricated it. So it, 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 it's, and what I'm trying to say is that some, sometimes or we've cut nozzles off of things, you know, at some times there's just not enough money to ship the product and we've got to find other means to be able to do it. So uh, for some carriers, you can't
2: always just say, ah, they're going to move it or it'll sit.
0: Sometimes it'll sit. But
2: I, but I think that, you know, Sandman and I had a conversation the other day a little bit about that ca- breaking down costs behind the scenes. Cause we were talking about like, you know, the cost If you know, as a carrier where your costs are coming from, helps you make because if you want to say i want to run around my house where I, where I live and you're running there and you're thinking okay i'm doing okay but then when you really analyze it and you compared your numbers to other people you may know you may realize oh my numbers are nowhere nowhere near as where these guys are they're running about the same miles but they're getting paid a whole lot more money so maybe you might say i know i know a heavy haul carrier what he started to do he's he would leave and he went down to the dakotas because there was good heavy equipment moving there so he went down there he'd work for two weeks and he would either fly home for a few days and then come back he had found a place to park his truck and trailer and then he continued moved loads for two weeks and he it was he was making way more money than trying to go all the way back home down south so that again every person there's no right there's no wrong but i encourage as a carrier instead of just always taking this flat rate dumping it into all your costs you know it's ideal that you have that's where a tms system is handy where you can enter it and you can say okay in this load i'm budgeting this and this is so that you can analyze your business as good as you can for yourself well
0: listen there's 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 a lot of and i'm answering some stuff in mine there's a lot of other issues too i Stu, i don't know i mean i know you drive for ultra i don't i don't know what your the safety driving was before but and, and this is some of the other stuff that a lot of guys don't say you want me to post a load for and, and move freight, one, I don't know you. I don't know if you're any good. I don't know if you're gonna do check you know anything on time. I don't know if you're even gonna get there in this day that you say you're gonna get there. Or I'll tell you what I am seeing a lot of, a lot of people who will not qualify because of their safety rating now. A lot. A lot of people. And at that point, you know, should I pay somebody with a perfect safety rating? Let's say, should should the shipper say somebody with a perfect safety rating the same as somebody with Seventy-two out of services. First of all, they shouldn't even use seventy-two. It's an exaggeration, but you get my point. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, at, at the, this is also factors that get factored in sometimes, you know. But that drivers don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that their records. They just give me the load. Give me the load. I want the load. I I'm worth this much. Why are you worth this much? Vans can sometimes be a dime a dozen. You know. I got you know. another.
3: I I got another question for both both of you guys. Which one? Sage and CDN. So. Um, when you, when you look up a carrier, typically, so there's always this thing about four, one, one, but, mm-hmm. but are you guys looking up and understanding who you're getting as a carrier besides FMCSA stats? All
0: right. So for me, it'll be quick then. Cause Rob's going to have a hell of a lot longer story on this one. Um, for me, it's fair. I only talk to the carrier. I will not talk to a driver. Okay, so I have to talk to the carrier because that's who I'm working the load through. Uh, I check the FMCSA record and see what their records are, and basically interview the carrier if it's a new one. Uh, if I've worked with them before, I might have notes in my system, but because I don't work with a ton, um, most of the, my freights going directly, my oversized freights going to the people that I do know, 100% do know 100%. What if the driver is a carrier? If the driver is the carrier, I can talk directly to him if he's and this is why you're getting asked these questions. Hey, are you the driver? Are you the carrier? Are you leased on? Because I'm telling you, there's going to be a fundamental change in this system. And I I, I just see these brokerages eventually saying, look, I can't talk to you unless you're this AB five. And that court case is going to change things. It's they're already saying it is. Now, Rob's going to have about well, that, a better answer for you. No, mine's,
2: mine's pretty simple. The. The number, my first tool is like actually when I'm working on a loan is, uh, is I, our, our TMS system is amazing because we have over 30,000 carriers. So, right. I'm looking in there to see if they're set up. I'm checking because we use RMIS integrated with it that if they're set up in there, and then secondly, I'm looking for notes because say an, another agent booked with them and had a bad situation, there's going to be notes about this. And if there's any notes about other histories, I see it. And if there's no notes and they're all approved, I see, I can, I can check if there's any history that they worked with us. And they'll say, because oh, often these, you know, they'll say, oh yeah, I know, you. I said, have you hauled with us before? And they'll say, oh yeah, I hauled with so-and-so, another agent. So if I'm questioning their service and scalability, I will go to TruckStop because I like TruckStop's carrier reporting tools better than DAT, mm-hmm. but I will also go to DAT and I'll check both because those two tools, if I go to DAT and I see that the carrier has one star or I go to TruckStop and they have a report, because what I liked about the TruckStop over the years has saved my butt. They have a great tool where they don't Uh, act as police but what they'll do is if you have a concern with a broker on on a load where you're misled or lied or whatever as the carrier you can submit your complaint to the truck stop and you have to include a copy of the load confirmation and details about the load and what they do is they forward that to the broker and they tell them you got seven days to rebuttal and more often than not when it's the other way a carrier a broker making a complaint to a carrier again the broker will say yeah this driver lied they didn't do this they didn't do this blah 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 They tell the carrier, you got seven days to give your side of the story. Now, once the carriers, if the carrier does reply within seven days, the internet strikes up or read it and they felt that the situation was resolved, it just says, they don't post it. But if they feel that the broker had some valid points and the carrier had some valid points, they actually then post the carrier's complaint and the carrier's rebuttal. Therefore, me as a user looking at that, I can read both and decide for myself that that was a one-off situation or not. And if I see a carrier if I see some reports either on DAT or truck stop, either low ratings or issues, and I bring it, I will call them directly and say, hey, you guys had three complaints about this. Oh, that was a dispatcher that worked for us. He's no longer here and so forth. And then what I will leverage as my negotiating tool, I'll say, look, you guys don't have a strongest rating. I'm willing to work with you if you're willing to show me. So here's the deal. Rate right aside, you show me your level of service in exchange. I will then put a positive report for you to help build your report back up. So that's another tool that we can use because I feel right. You may have, you may have had just like Carrie. You if you go out and Sandman hires three drivers and he has two rogue drivers that mess up his scores and you have a bunch of issues or they're swearing at shippers and bad. They're not professional and they're, they're he, his company is now banned to go to Ritchie Brothers as an example, right? Because of his drivers' actions. Right. Just because you have one or two bad apples doesn't mean a business should go down. So I like to give people that benefit of the doubt. If you prove me wrong and you did your service was what was there bad on me, you know, fool me once. Right. And right. But, so that's kind of my my theory of looking at it. I look at multiple tools and then I. I, I yeah. Go that. And mine is basically. So hold on, hold on,
4: hold on. My channel. So that that gives Rob leverage though. It's kind of like, you know, I know company drivers that roll trucks and the company doesn't fire them, but you know what? Now nobody else is going to hire them. So they got the leverage to tell, if we tell you to jump, you ask how high it's the same thing. So if you're willing to work with the broker, that's had a couple of bad marks that gives you the broker, the leverage, as long as you know that the, you know, and, and, and that's what it is. Negotiation is about leverage. If you're one of, 10 trucks trying to get one load out of denver you've got no leverage whatsoever i don't care what your your service is
0: yeah and, and, you know, really and,
4: and unfortunately we're in a market where a lot you know like if you're a new authority you don't have as much leverage as if like trucking is right yeah, that has right yeah. yeah so it's it's about leverage and 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 rob is smart because he's utilizing utilizing his leverage to say hey you know what i can help you improve things prove Prove yourself, and boom, there you go. And then, and then now he has a dedicated truck that is always willing to do his loads because he gave him that chance. That's the relationship part I'm always preaching about. See, and I, I'm, I'm tend to argue with me. On I'm
0: that. a little bit different on that, and maybe it's because I'm a control. I'm a control freak that protects myself and my, and my company and everything else. So I check the safety record and all that other stuff. Records, I'll go through that list and the talk to the carrier and see how they respond to the carrier. I do not believe in regards to post because. I don't believe in regards to posting things about a carrier. Now I have in-house stuff that none of you will ever see, but I have that. Um, but I don't post good either. Um, I've learned from a long time ago that you cannot post bad about an employee and you can't post good about an employee when they're, when they leave the company uh, because it can be used against you in other situations. So I don't post good and I don't post bad outside of my own personal um, company because one, I, it's that's it, if something I'm not going to be open up for slander, and, and I'm not going to slander another company. I'll just have to do that. But again, this is my choice. This is not something. But in regards to um, jobs, technically, you know, uh, yes, that person you're supposed to just say, "Yep, that person worked for me." You can't say if they were bad. You can't say if they were good. You just have to verify employment. You remember, sometimes, you're, right? You're
2: you're a sole operator, right? When you work amongst a large network, when you have fifty plus agents, we have a dedicated right. That's your in-house team. That's We, have, your, a, we that's have a legal person. We have a dedicated EP. Dedicated AR. Correct. We have like so. We have so that's I can even like in some cases. You're right. I don't always. I only use that as an no, extreme. This is your my, your my thing is right. my my forte to my customers is I'm a person focuses on needs. I understand what the customers' needs are for. Like sometimes they'll say. Rob, I've got a shipment here. This item that we you shipped to us has a warranty repair. It's going back for warranty, or whatever. I have to pay the freight. I don't care if it takes two weeks. I want the absolute cheapest option.
0: Yeah, and and, and so then, and I'm then, not then saying... there's then the
2: opposite, the flip side, where they say, Rob, our plant went down. We've got a crew of ten. The plant is down. We need this valve, this part, this thing that to fix this plant. Mm. We need right service with excellent communication. And we'll, you know, we just need the right right level of service. Right. And I'm just saying, saying, you guys are aware of Carrier 411, right?
0: I am. I don't use it. I won't use it. Like I said, I don't, I will not leave a negative remark about someone, nor will I leave a good one. I treat it now. Is it, it's my choice. You're, and you have legal people, right? And you're legal people, and you don't need legal people unless you have to go to court and fight this, right? But you may or may not win. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to put myself into that situation. So for me, it's in my personal records, but nobody else will ever see that. I'll never tell it. You know, at that point, I would never say, I'm never going to say light trucking is a bad company to anybody ever. I, you know, I'm never going to say so, you're a good trucking company to anybody the ever. reason,
3: The reason the reason I asked that question was because I want to be able to differentiate myself from other
0: people. Oh, you differentiate right? yourself 100%. Look at you. <laughs>
3: Well, I am, you know, I. Yeah. Dean likes to call me the the you know lumberjack, jolly green giant, or yeah. Or, or, or yeah, or uh, the lumberjack guy, right? So, Paul Bunyan, Paul Bunyan is his thing. Like, so I am differentiated, but but I, but when I'm calling to book loads, how can I be? How can I separate myself if if you guys aren't using these carrier four then that means that the the majority of the small brokerages, the people that are using four one one you're implying to me that that's like a, a CH Robinson or, or, or TQL or something like that. Right. So, or, or, or or others of larger size that have more resources to, to utilize, to pay for that kind of stuff.
0: It's about a hundred bucks a month. It's about a hundred, just so you know, it's about a hundred dollars a month. I think it's $99 a month. And I've seen a lot. I've, I've seen it because of they offered it to me to look at it. Uh, And some of the stuff I do see on there are things like uh, a Landstar agent, double broke my load. I'm sorry. Double broke my load and stuff like that. So what we
3: do, so what we need to do then is sell ourselves on the service side as part of negotiations. Then
0: for me now, I'm not going to say everybody, I'm just saying what I personally do is I won't leave a bad review. I won't leave a good one. I don't, I don't feel uh, that that should right, be done. But you can on keep internal
3: notes. And, and, no, and if I yes. service you well, yes. Um, yes, then and, 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 and references, right? Hey, you know, Call 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 my guy over here at this brokerage. Correct. Because I ran I ran four hundred loads for him, and I've had one late delivery and no late pickups.
0: Correct. And I know you're not an employee, right. but it's just I just keep that rule for me. I just keep that that standard that level for me because it's just just it makes my life easier. But,
2: uh, like our company uses, I see I see in the like my I'll be honest. Like when I talk about when I go to the truck stop and DAT, I only go when I see new carriers. But we have such a, a vast in right, that in-house. nowadays my number one first thing is i look internally our internal system sure. is pretty amazing and i look at it and if i have any questions i then if i'm skeptical like because again if i look at the load and if it's a load that has some sensitivity and issues and they're a new carrier yeah i might be a little bit hesitant but if they're if i'm like okay i've gone through 10 carriers that can't do this and this one carrier is claiming they can meet my the needs of the load and i'm a little bit hesitant i will call email my agent support saying, can you please do a check? How many loads have we done with this carrier? What other history can you dig up about them? And they do their homework because they got the tools. But we do, 411 is in our, it's in our uh, wheelhouse as far as internally within our, our network there. So, yeah, but I'm going to have to get jumped off here. But I think like, again, just I to remind us I think that the summary with that stemmed this was obviously Dean's comments. And I still believe that the issue in this industry right now, that's frustrating drivers because, some people can hate the spot market, but I think we need to appreciate it. We have a lot of drivers who live and breathe off the spot market. It's a legitimate form of business. And when you're a small, why did you become, like, this is the issue that, you know, when you start going around, why are there so many guys out there that went out and bought trucks on their own, right? They either be leased on or an owner operator or mm-hmm. got their own authority running one truck. We have to appreciate that that's what they're doing. They wanted to run their own equipment when they sure. want to run, where they want to run. So the spot market is a tool for that. Sure, could they go around and try to find shippers and all that, but adding a customer to your, your wheelhouse, your business, means that you're tied to that customer now. The benefit of being on the spot market as a solo one or two truck company, if a driver doesn't want to work, guess what? You unpost your truck, you put an out of office on your truck, and you're you're off. No one's going to bug you. A broker, on the other hand, can try to do that. But guess what? If you have two or three customers, even if you're going to try to go golfing right now and the customer is like, I need this. You can lie and cheat and all this for a couple of times. But if you, if you brush off that customer to help them cover loads, because you want to spend the day at the beach, you're not going to keep that customer for too long. So I think that's the, we can step one. We got to get over this that the spot market is a backhaul. For some, for some contract carriers, it may be perceived, but for others, for many brokers and for many carriers, the spot market is the marketplace and where we do business. We've made our breathing, our living, in, and and we make money for our families through the spot market. And well, it's, the, it's not the Bible, Pete. It's not.
3: It's and and, All and, right. and just Thank, I got to jump. I got to jump. Thanks, guys. Yep.
2: So, but well, it is a legitimate form of business. It is a, a form lot of, of business,
0: people, but even you don't post to the spot market until you absolutely have to. But so, the uh, point
2: of the spot market, see what I'm though, saying? even if I don't go to the spot market, me not having, unless I have consistent, where I've secured a customer that has loads Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I went out there and sourced three trucks that I'm going to commit those loads to. Even if a customer says, Rob, I need a truck today. And I know 10 carriers that are my top 10 carriers for that lane. And I call those 10. And one right. of the 10 says, first one says, no, I'm not available. I can't, sorry, Rob, right. I would help you, but I can't, blah, blah, blah. And I the, the sixth one, can do it for me. That's still the spot market because I didn't have a contract that they relied that they're waking no, up. This okay. morning well, to right. My load. Right.
0: But the spot market is load boards to these guys. The load board. Uh, no, no spot market is still that piece. Snow Lord. Snow yeah. Lord I, I need a, I need a, we need a moderator here. The spot market is the load board to most of these guys and only the load board.
2: Correct. Yeah. But, yeah, so I the, mean, but, but, but the summary was, is that I think yeah. despite all the talk about fuel surcharge and all the stuff, is that the dean, I think, without he's not here to defend himself or whatever, but I would believe he's that if never he was here, on. one of his frustrations would be is that he has a certain level of knowledge and education and skill sets that is not matching the people he's doing business with in the spot market.
0: No, and and and, and to, for that being said, and I've offered Dean numerous times to come on, but he won't. Um, basically, the issue is is that the knowledge and information that he has as a salesperson is not logistics. Logistics is a monstrous industry with a lot of other situations going on, and he's focusing on what he thinks he knows logistics to be, and that's the windshield view of the truck. Right, and it's not the overall picture that customers are gonna are looking for multiple things than just one thing. So when it came to Dean, it, 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 look, you're not gonna get taken advantage of by a broker if you know your numbers because you can always just say no, thank you, broker. That's the that's the end well, right. all right but, there. Well, let's see you, you I, are. In co- yep. Go ahead. So I'm gonna say this: the ability
4: to network is important too because out of the eight loads I had to book the other day. Three of them
0: were from a low board.
4: Correct. Simply because of the network that I've kept. And so over
0: there are 50%, people out here that are gonna sale. Correct. Yeah, and, and and Dean is one that doesn't he he literally said it that you can't, you know, you can't build relationships unless you talk face to face and there's no need to build relationships when that was his lit one of his literal statements that he actually says all the time.
2: Well, I think no, no, I think he, he would say that. You can network and build relationships, but I think what he's saying is is that when a broker wakes up, mm-hmm. is that broker's number one interest in servicing the dean's truck and trailer? And that's what he means. Wait a minute. I'm confused. Well, I, do you wake up? Do you have a load? Do you focus on, if you have 10 carriers that are in your back pocket as heavy haul, yes. are you focused on finding the freight for the carriers or are you focused on finding, fulfilling the needs of your customer?
0: I'm building. This is the problem. Mine is being the interest of the middle man. Need I can't lean one way. I can't lean the other way. I've got to nope, be the middle.
2: But I'm saying how much. But but ninety percent of brokers out. there. I've explained this before. That's the mm-hmm. Chicago model. Fits both pieces, right? You mm-hmm. find customers first that have lanes going one way, mm-hmm. and then you 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 get your salespeople or yourself to focus on where the freight is delivering. You now focus on getting freight. You sh- you you call all the shippers in those areas trying to find freight back so you can offer that carrier a, a round trip. Mm-hmm. But most of the brokers are customer driven. Sure. They want to have a network of carriers that I got Steve with Hey, when I have loads out of Springfield, I can call on Steve, but I know he's, he may or not always have an no, available most, truck. Most my of them, number one goal is my customers and the freight that they have. Most of the
0: brokers are broken driven because it's not my job to work either one. It's not my job to run the shippers company and it's not my job to run the truck driver's company. It's my job to run right money. But
2: if let me ask you this though: if they know that you're a heavy hell guy or a flatbed broker, mm-hmm. a carrier calls you up and says, "Sage, last month I did a load for you from here and here. Yep. Do you have any more of those? No, nope, they're none available this week. Okay. Do you have anything else out of, out of, out of, out of that area? No, nope, I don't. I don't. Will you will you then? If all of a sudden three carriers called you that morning, mm-hmm. all asking the same idea. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I know. If, you're just, well, will yeah, I then oh, look if, for Will you change your business model? That if all of a sudden you're seeing carriers calling you for freight out of those areas, because that, one, that's an indication. I had that last week where I had this mm-hmm. load from I had a load out of Houston for net, for the week after, but I was getting calls upon calls, carriers saying, "Oh, I'm struggling. I can't get out. I can't get out." What does uh, that tell what, you as a broker? What, that means what, that I can drop the rates. <laughs> correct. <laughs> because. Carriers are struggling to get out. So Correct. that's the supply demand thing. Correct. But the point is, I get carriers all the time calling me for freight. I can't, I don't have the time. I would, I have one. A carrier called me the other day that they asked me, they said, Rob, you, you pick up out of this place? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm seeing freight in this other lane. Can you see if you can get that lane? Sure. They specifically give me a lane that another broker is doing that they would rather me do it. Sure. So they've given 100%. me an in. But the point is, I get carriers all day with truck availability, emails, phone calls, that I could easily have a couple salespeople working for me that I take, I, I could sit down. Mm-hmm. You could be the middle person where I sit down with some carriers, okay. talk to Steve and, and and the carriers he's with and say, where do you need help? And he says, well, we're always looking for freight. up here, here, and here. I can deploy and start doing my thing mm-hmm. to find freight in those lanes mm-hmm. that would meet, match his needs. In theory, as a broker, you in, could be in, doing that.
0: In theory, you could do that, but then you better hope there's more of him. Right? Because what happens when you run out of him, now you're looking, now you've got, so if you're building a business on that aspect, then you better have more access to trucks on that, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. So, where D, like I said, and Dean's welcome to come on. He was always welcome to come on. So, with the lack of him, I'm giving him opportunities since he doesn't want to come on. Where Dean's point was, was that brokers are always taking advantage of truck drivers. They're not. And and I, And he said it numerous times before. You need me. You need me. You broker, you need me. And the, pro- and the thing is, is that I have seen shippers need trucks, couldn't get trucks, and buy trucks. I have never seen a truck driver buy a manufacturing plant because they need freight. Right? So we actually have to understand who feeds who
2: at that to point. Dean's point, and I think everyone that's been on the chat and that's been on this call will have experienced some pretty bad brokers. Yes, hundred percent. But bad the- information. They're very loosey goosey. You could tell that they're you know they're just not they're not they're not a bit like they're they're a broker. They're doing the business, but, but you can tell that they're either sitting in their car, they're laying in bed with their girlfriend, they're at the bar, like who knows where. But they're not they're not focused on your best interest. They're just they're 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 flogging out freight. You know what I mean? Like they just got these loads and they're flogging not, they're, it out there and hoping for the best.
4: I, I, what, what, let me let me make this clear. So I have a. A big brokerage that I, I go through. One guy, mm-hmm. I, I'm not under this guy's that 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 I'm his first priority. I understand that his customer is his first priority. Mm-hmm. He's using me correct. just as much as I'm using him, correct? For the ability to not have to post the loads, or I can say, hey, I'm looking at this logo in the Denver. If you get me out of there, we'll we'll make a deal on both loads. You know that kind of thing, correct? And and the dean and I have never um, agreed on the relationship thing i did a separate video about that a recorded video and and he disagreed and and we've always had that discussion he has an argument with everybody with stage, everybody with tamborn with with pigtail and 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 look it, it's part of the game sales is part of the game negotiating is part of the game leverage is part of the game and i and i find that you know, one of the guys I'm dispatching, you know, I know the other guy that was dispatching him. He did primarily the same thing. He he found three or four brokers that makes the money for him. And that's exactly what I did. And that's his, It's what I did for my own truck. That's what I do for a lot of my trucks. Um, and that works in my, you know, it's less frustration, less of the volatility. You know, I'm not, you know, you know it, I, I don't know why. He doesn't like that aspect and, 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 you know, and he has his reasons. Um, he did teach me some good negotiating skills and, but I'm also a people person where I, you know, the brokers don't care or, or they don't mind talking to me because I'm not rude to them. I'm not throwing a bunch of numbers at them. I'm, I'm pretty simple to negotiate with. I'm pretty simple to use. And, 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 and I've put reliable drivers. If there's a driver I'm dispatching that I'm not, I don't have enough faith in uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use my good broker for that because i don't want to ruin my rep it, it's 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 all part of the game if you if you want to play in the n f l expect to get tackled you can't sit there and play in the n f l and hope that you never get tackled it's the same thing so yeah
2: but yeah, every industry's got it so anyways, yeah. i'm gonna have to jump off guys but i like i said eric at the time when the call went down I couldn't get on to you. I was just kind of I was coming in because Dean wasn't there and I thought I didn't know that you know his background he, you didn't give that context and so I was just well, saying, yeah, I'm going to come in there because I want to I I had I only have limited interactions with Dean, but my interactions with him is that he was a super smart guy and what his comments about the fuel surcharge, I've always felt as a broker, I wish the spot market was required to to provide a fuel surcharge because that would help protect even though it's a cheap lane we know at least the drivers then would be guaranteed to get a little bit of a rate per mile plus a fuel surcharge. So it just would help protect the carriers from a broker standpoint to help. What can we do to help protect? I kind of thought that is something I wish we could do. And that's why I came on. I wasn't trying to bash anything or it. Salmon and I wasn't, I just happened to, cause I couldn't get to your Google number. It says it wasn't working. So I thought, yeah, well, Sandman was I, on. I, yeah. So I figured, well, I had Sandman's number, so I'll just call him and see if we can come in. So it was, and actually being merged, I must say, from anyone that ever does it, it's not the greatest experience because half the time I couldn't hear stuff and I and I, sh- I had turned off the, the YouTube so there wouldn't be feedback. So I couldn't really see the flow. Like, you know, when you're on a merge call, I have to say from experience that that was not a good experience for me because you're not. It doesn't I don't feel as engaged compared to what we've done this morning. I right. think oh, a,
4: a little a little tip. If you click on a link from a video, pause the video and you can still see the chat do its thing.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh no, now I've learned that, like, even this morning now is I just mute. I have uh, the your, your YouTube channel going on the other screen, mm-hmm. and I just mute it. And then I yeah. can still see everything going on that way. So, anyways, well, thanks for the time, Steve, and the platform. And uh, uh, I don't know if we solved anything, but we had a great discussion regardless. <laughs> we killed three and a half hours, at least. So, Well, we have, yeah, day, we Rob. did solve the world's problems, but we just had a good time doing it. That's all.
0: Right.
2: Okay, have a good weekend, everyone. So, yeah, yeah
0: and, and for me, in regards to it, uh, like I said, he, he, he stepped into my show and welcome to the war zone, um, basically, at that point. And for me, I I think that carriers need to learn how to run their numbers and run their business to the best of their ability. I don't think we need to start tweaking the system to make it easier on carriers. They need to know their money. They need to negotiate their money. They need to know their rate. They need to know what they want for profit. And if they can't figure that out, get out of the game. It's it's not a friendly place to live. If you can't make it, if you can't figure it out or learn it, because a lot of people go to Snorlord and learn it. Don't just say I'm going to do this or, or oh you can't figure it out. We'll give everybody a fuel surcharge to make it easier so you can survive longer. Because you're just at that point you're just providing the inevitable anyways. You're just torturing the animal to eventually is going to die. So at that point, you know, learn your numbers or get out. That's business. That's how it's always going to be, and I don't know what to tell you. All
4: right, Sage, I'm expecting 80% of your revenue created from your live stream. Yes, Spectre. Yes, Spectre.
0: (laughs) Actually, I was on yours, and you actually have my photo on yours, just like he did, but I don't have his photo on mine, so I expect 80% of yours. Right?
4: Okay. Go to your YouTube video. I got some dirt in the ground I can give you cuz that's yeah.
0: about all I well, got. Why don't you get a green screen? Why don't we get a green screen for you? Then you can put hey, a- I said that in the beginning if you want me to have a green screen. Christ, text me your damn you know my right. address. I don't have your Amazon link. Yeah, I'm going to need the address again. Send me the, the Amazon link. Send me the address again. <laughs> all right. All right, I'm leaving. Hey, thanks for coming in? All right, let me shrink this down here. I think I'm still live on mine. Yeah, that that that's new rule. If I come on your show, you better be expected that I'm going to be streaming on my show. That's just—I'm not giving you the content, and uh, that's going to be for everybody across the board, just so y'all know. So that was basically the my new rule in regards to doing this. So we might just have these awkward, weird conversations in regards to things out of nowhere that I'm just like, here we go, game on. Uh, Thanks for everybody for joining in here and swinging in here, um, even though you're just kind of listening. But now I'm going to, you know, get some type of content out of it. I think I uh, uh, got my point across pretty much. I don't know. You guys tell me that being said, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, hit the music and uh, cash out of here. So thanks everybody for swinging in. Uh, I'm going to music out. See ya. We came back, and- Drop the classic, dropped the classic Who establish that the magic, that the magic Saw the magic, magic. got a mask, who was that a, who was that a Livin' legend. legend, lethal weapon, mastermind, never tired. Tell,
5: tell them all Big dreams, I got big dreams, just like baby I've been joining forces with the likes of an A-team Jumping off of buildings used to be so stimulating Now I'm reaching new heights, I'ma need the off white. Play with the fire, you get burned All of my struggles became lessons well learned I got designs that keep me grounded, that's for sure Cause one day we gon' make it out this Earth, where's your worth? I'm sick of your talking, you got the wrong one I'm taking your king and I leave him broken If I am the second, it's after no one Just give me a second to let them know I'm the
1: headline, the deadline Big
5: time. I'm ahead time, the rare kind Big time. I'm a living, legend, lethal, weapon, massive, minor Big time time. The king is back like prodigal I I gave him time, it's been too long